0: maybe we're just maybe we're just like at that age now where these fucking idiots in their their teens really piss us off.
1: Oh cuz fucking teenagers are stupid.
0: We're like we're, we're like those two old guys in the muppets on the balcony. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh god, we really are. That that is Asinine radio. we the what are their names? I forgot their names. I don't know, but they always
0: say, "Oh, god. that performance wasn't half bad." Nope. No. It was all it was bad. All bad. <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go!
2: Uh.
1: <laughs> this is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different album from a different band and we break it down. We find out all the little secrets and we let everybody in on those secrets and we try to have a good time doing that. Uh, my name is Tyler. <coughs> oh, shit. My name is Tyler. We and go. way out there, hundreds of miles away. Way out there. Neither is Jeff. While you're listening, go to Apple Podcasts, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Uh, We have a Discord server. If you want to join that, hit us up. We'll send you the link uh, and have fun with that. Uh, We also have a phone number. If you want, you can call, leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text. The phone number is 503 893 5307. Uh, I know I talked about it on the the, the other episode of the pod, you know, about the vinyl and all that stuff, but I'll bring it up again. We did have somebody text us, so might as well bring it up again. Uh, he just he, pretty much just said Marilyn Manson Mechanical Animals Please do it Such a crazy good podcast Thanks guys So to whoever that is Thank you Thank you for listening And we will probably do This Manson record Probably I'd say probably within the next month Month and a half Yeah for sound, sure Sound good? Yeah We got I mean, it we, we only It's been a long time we're coming only, already We're only two weeks out On what we're gonna do So maybe yeah. after we do That second week Maybe in three weeks We'll get it going But who knows We'll see how it goes Um, So yeah Thank you for that Thank you for uh, shouting out to us And whatever So um, now that we're done With the boring intros What are we doing today Jeff? We're doing the Jimi Hendrix's uh, First album
0: Are You Experienced?
1: Jimi Hendrix began his professional music career in 1963, and during his short life, he put out just three full-length records, three live albums, two compilations, and sold several million copies worldwide. Uh, He's now considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest, guitarists of all time. Uh, But the album we're doing today is Are You Experienced? It's his first full-length record as a band leader of the Jimi Hendrix exper- Experience. If you want to say fucking experiment, uh, the album was released May twelfth, nineteen sixty-seven, and it features obviously Jimi Hendrix on guitar and vocals, Noel Noel Redding on bass, and Mitch Mitchell on drums. What a name! Uh, so, with that the intro out of the way, uh, let's give our origin story with Jimi Hendrix. And uh, so, what do you got?
0: I really, I really have no like origin story. the The only time I can remember listening to Hendrix, and I think I talked about it with another classic rock band that we did not too long ago. But uh, my, mm. guy, guy went to high school with Mike Stone. I, I ah, yes, I went to his house a jam one time. You know, you know what I think it was. It was his friend of the pod, Taylor. I don't know if I want to say his last name.
1: I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but Taylor's Redhead. dad.
0: Yeah, yeah. I hung out with him just, like, religiously when I lived over on uh, RDL, Rio Del Oro. And, yeah. like, his dad was a musician. And his dad had, like, a really nice studio in the house. Oh, shit. And his... Taylor knew Mike somehow. And I think that's how we rode our bikes over there, which is kind of a far ride. But we rode our bikes to Mike Stone's house. Not a far ride, just uphill on those fucking hills. Yeah,
1: had that fucking hill right there. I know, <laughs> yeah. I, I know exactly <laughs> where Mike Stone lived. I know... I know exactly what house he lived in. Yeah, Yeah.
0: so I I think that's how I got over to them to his house. But uh, but yeah, anyway, it was it was just like we listened to what were we doing
1: right? Wait, 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 wait. I will say, we're fine saying Mike Stone's name, but we will not say Taylor's last name because Mike
0: Stone sounds like a fake name. That's why, like (laughs) Matt Stone, Trey Parker, like these are fake names we're throwing out here. (laughs)
1: Alright, continue. Sorry, 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 sorry.
0: But it was just, I was, I don't know. That that was my first introduction to like somebody actually listening to Jimi Hendrix, and I was in like high school, and I was like, okay, well, this is not that great. Mm-hmm. And, but that was because it was, it was like, are you experienced? And it, honestly, it wasn't until we started collecting the vinyls, and I got Isle of White, where I really sat down and wanted to get into Jimi Hendrix and see what the fuss was about because I've been a long time hater of Jimi Hendrix. I mean this long time. Like long, long time. <laughs> I know. You you can't stand him. I still think he's vastly overrated in the studio.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: But he's still really good. You know, it's 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 no like knock against he's not bad. He's just like to think he's like the greatest things in sliced bread in the studio is silly boy talk. It's what he did, sound wise, and then jamming wise is what makes him like one of the greats. But I really, I really don't have like any history with Jimi Hendrix whatsoever, other aside from just going to Mike Stone's house and then now.
1: Okay, so all that's right, it. Uh, my my origin story is is that I I don't remember the first time ever hearing him. I know that my mom used to listen to a lot of classic rock. Um, just the radio, just classic rock radio, growing up, and uh, and yeah, of, of course they would play Jimi Hendrix, Purple Haze, uh, uh, Stone Free, uh, Foxy Lady. You know the big the big songs. Uh, but I don't remember the first time I ever heard it. I know I remember the first time like I really started to pay attention to it to him was when my cousin gave me my first guitar because he had because he just bought a, a brand new electric he just bought a brand new Stratocaster beautiful Stratocaster so he gave me his old acoustic guitar and I remember he was trying to learn voodoo child and that was the first time I I had ever really started to pay attention and kind of understood like okay this guy Jimi Hendrix is the greatest like considered the greatest that's when I started that's when that seed was planted in my mind uh but then you know I, I going through middle school high school like i have always really liked him i i but i never like went out of my way to listen to him like i would only listen to him like just in the back like it was more like background music like when you're just kind of doing something else you just kind of want to have something to just kind of relax to and just kind of just turn off your brain for a little while like it was jimmy hendrix was one of those bands and uh, for a long time like even into my adulthood it was kind of like that too i've never had anything bad to say about him It's just not there's nothing that's really ever stood out for me so yeah I, I i agree with you also that as a songwriter i think he's very overrated but as a guitar player he's fucking amazing and his his studio his studio records don't do him justice at all and it's really sad because people only think about that shit and i really think are you experienced is a wildly overrated record yeah because there's too, there's too much I mean, yeah, they recorded it in such a short amount of time, but it still seemed very fussed over. Like there's a lot of effects, a lot of studio tricks that they're doing that just kind of, to me, it takes me out of the music. And it's like, then you're just like focusing on like the, the stereo and the, the panning of everything going back and oh forth. God, and then you so read about how like they, sometimes. They, they recorded, you know, the, the rhythm section they recorded in mono, but then they recorded Jimmy in stereo. And then they put that together. I mean, I understand there was a lot of work that was involved in doing it, but the to me the the end product was a little bit distracting because of all the studio stuff, the studio tricks and 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 effects. But I don't know. That's my origin story, and that, I guess that that is also my my initial my initial thoughts on this record. So, what are your initial thoughts on this one?
0: So, I listened to three different versions. I listened to the Spotify version. I have my vinyl version for my personal collection, which I think is like a. Uh, a 2010 to 2012 Pressing And then I have a, a an early 70s Pressing of it It's beat but a couple of the songs Specifically the songs that The panning is fucking annoying on But it's <laughs> not as bad Spotify is the fucking Worst way to listen to this album Because it's so Man it makes Hendrix seem like he's up his own ass Like it, it's yeah. so irritating The way Spotify presents this album and I I don't think that's what hendrix would have wanted it doesn't seem like like hendrix would have won all these little tricks i think hendrix likes to have at this time i mean electric Ladyland is a different a different part of his life or he did want to to get in and perfect everything but electric or are uh, you experience was more of a, a of a humble approach at like garage rock of this era it's very it's very diy in its kind of approach but in the studio, I think they just overdid it because I think Hendrix never, ever, even in his live performances, tried to be better than what he started out to be. He never tried to be bigger, like Van Halen, like like, like Eddie Van Halen always tried to be bigger than he was the previous year. Jimmy Page <laughs> always tried to be bigger than he was the previous year. Hendrix just wanted to just jam. He just wanted to like have a good time, and and he was just like I said, a very emotional guy and very misunderstood throughout his peers of the 60s and in and, and that era but man spotify really did not do this album justice and it was hard i I, I only listened to the spotify version once because it was tough to get through because so, of that stereo mix
1: so i i mean i have this on i have a, i have a recent pressing of this uh and and i listened to that and it was fine but it's when i when i listened to it with earbuds in like i went out i went out on a run and i put this on and it was it was just so it was it's too much with with headphones or earbuds in it's it's way too fucking much but maybe i just didn't notice it on the vinyl because it didn't bother me as much on my vinyl but also you know i'm standing away from the speakers i'm kind of it's just different it's a different experience
0: i thought so too and then so like the the one that i have is is from friend of the pod he got me a discount on it and oh you got it from north (laughs) yeah it was like 16 dollars yeah, so yeah, cheap yeah. got like 40 percent off, but uh it, it's not it's definitely there like like the panning is there But it's I, I don't think it's as aggressive as a spotify version And like the early pressing I have even with all the distortion and all the surface noise And I really I try to listen to it. i even move my little like, you know my chair I move my chair So it's facing the window instead of the projector and I listen to, it to say I wonder if it pans as much as it does on the later versions and it yeah. does but not nearly as bad. So that's, that's like a reissue, a repress thing. It's still there, like I said, but it's not as bad. And Spotify you, is for sure the worst culprit of it.
1: Did you listen to the Spotify version only on, on headphones or did you listen to it on your computer? Or how did you listen to it?
0: No, just headphones.
1: So maybe that's why. I, that, I really That is, that's that's why. is because, true. Because you're that more forced to actually listen to the music when you have earbuds in, or headphones.
0: God, it was honestly it was it was tough to get it was tough to get through because of that. I I, I was I just thought that that everything Hendrix was about like the sloppiness, I think I, everything that made Hendrix everything that makes Hendrix so great like his the guitar, the amp, the effects, the play style, the sloppiness, it's all lost with that type of production. This is like Pet yeah. Sound, Sgt. Pepper's production with somebody who plays as if they were against that type of production. And that really irritated me. It took me out of the moment.
1: What I think is so, I mean, so I'm basing this off of off of the Spotify one as well because I listened to that one most. Uh, And what I've noticed is that they they talked about on this record, like he played so loud, and they got all these noise complaints, and you know, just some people thought it was just going to sound like shit because it was so fucking loud. Um, But on the actual final mix. The rhythm section is way fucking louder than his guitar. Like his guitar yeah. gets drowned out a lot. So I don't know. I mean, you read one thing about that, but then when you actually hear the final product, like what happened? Yeah, I know. Were the they lying about, talking were, about there? Were they lying about that, or did they just drastically like reduce the sound? Because damn, dude, that rhythm section on the first two records is so loud, and that's that's what I was saying on the the rankings episode. The reason why I like Electric Ladyland more is because it is more balanced as a mix. Like, you can hear more of Hendrix playing, and it sounds more... It just sounds normal. Like, it sounds like a fucking band playing, not a weird studio thing, and, I don't know, not as bootleg. But... Um, oh, and I, I also wanted to say, what we're doing on the podcast today, we're we're doing the U.S. version of this. So we're doing the first 11 songs on the U.S. version. So we're not going to be talking about... Uh, Red House, which I think is an amazing song, and some of the other songs too. We're doing only the U.S., so deal with it, because there's yeah, already a lot to talk off. about. So Way too much to talk about. Yeah, so we're not going to do the full the full thing. But we're aware, obviously, of the different versions and the extra songs. But and we're we not get doing it. Those. I know. So I know. screw all you purists out there. We're better than you. Um, <laughs> that's a fucked up thing to say, uh, but it's Fuck, true. Him, who cares? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, up. um so we have our initial thoughts on this record. Yeah, and we did play Purple Haze. Uh, so before we jump into that, do we have any stinkers on this record?
0: We, I, I don't, I honestly don't have any stinkers. Even though I, I pretend to, to, to hate Purple Haze. Purple Haze is fine, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's yeah. not a banger. But it's not a stinker. It's okay. I, I, I understand. It's, it's iconic, but I honestly don't. I, I don't like that song very
1: much. Okay, that's fine. So I I don't have any stinkers either, but there is, there is one only one song that is not a banger for me. Which one was that? And one? are you experienced? The last song. Oh wow, Gina. Yeah, okay. I just, the song's fine, but I could do without it. Throw a red, throw a red house in there instead of that song. I'm good to go.
0: I wrote uh, so. <laughs> as as for are you experienced? I wrote it's an okay song, but I do love the idea of it.
1: Yeah, I dig that. I guess. Why oh, would like the 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 marching drum kind of thing? And yeah, the, the drum
0: parts played in reverse, like the Middle Eastern style, like twangy guitar yeah. as as his, he's like kind of honing it in his Dick Dale stuff there. Really, no <laughs> bass guitar and just like a wank fest for Hendrix to kind of make some noise. That's cool. Yeah, it's That's fine. fine.
1: Yeah. It's not To me, there's not a lot there.
0: All I really care about are two things. One is, what is Foxy Lady in your bangers? And two, what is... Uh, actually, switch those. Number one is, what is Purple Haze in your bangers? And what is Foxy Lady in your bangers?
1: Okay, Foxy Lady for me is my 10B.
0: Okay, that's... Thank God.
1: It's like one of the... It is. I mean, it is the cheesiest song. Absolutely the cheesiest song. That is probably, not a banger for me. It's probably the cheesiest song he's ever written. Or he ever wrote. Was Foxy Lady. And I think he wrote it to be that, but it caught on. Like
0: I think yeah. he I legit think he wrote this. It's a pop song. And it seems like he like Hendrix wrote this to be like a joke and not meant to be taken like seriously or something like great. But just filler to have fun and goof off with because of the way he goofs off with the Foxy. Like I just think he's having fun <laughs> with it. But it took off and, and became like a, a, a thing. And he kinda went he was like, Fuck it, I'll go with it, I guess. But I think he and wrote also- it to be a joke.
1: And it makes sense to you because if you look at, look at the lyrics, I feel like the lyrics on this one are the most uh, boring surface, like boring yeah. and most surface level. Because it, I mean, it talks about a specific person uh, named Heather Taylor who eventually married uh, Roger Daltrey from the Who, and but she was like also like a big socialite in in London, so she was very well known. So it was about her, which just sounds so just just. Boring and just very Tabloid-esque and Yeah Yeah, so that, that I, I Think boring. this song was made to be stupid I agree with you on that I, I just, I hate that it took off
0: I Yeah, because I, I
1: mean There are way better fucking songs on this record Than Foxy Lady Honestly, like if you took
0: off Purple Haze and Foxy Lady on this record And like you said Put in a couple other tracks this, this I would yeah. give this a higher ranking A higher rating That I'm going to give it later on
1: <laughs> I really would their world famous three point rating system
0: yeah I think and <sighs> Lady is, is borderline a stinker it's just it, it's it's a joke it's a joke because Hendrix is better than this it's like I'm not even mad I'm like disappointed like, like what is this <laughs> this is stupid and then what is Purple Haze as, as far as bangers for you this is your 1B uh, oh that's problem, my 5B it's cuck. my
1: 5B yeah oh my five god B. yeah it's stupid and cheesy especially those first two notes eh, Um eh.
0: So I I get it. Dude, The super iconic intro. And I really do love the tone of his guitar. I love it. It's like, it's the right amount of dirty everywhere. Like the transitions from the excuse me while I kiss this guy and then the quick drum roll fills. I love those. And I get why this song is super popular. But I just don't fucking like it. Don't like it. (laughs) I do not like this song.
1: I, I, I put it here because I still think it's a great song, but yeah, it's definitely overplayed. That riff is overplayed, uh, but it is iconic. I mean, it, it is iconic, and man, you hear a lot of that stereo effect on this song, and that the panning back and forth, and oh man. But the rhythm section, of course, on point, perfect, truly underrated. The most underrated part of this fucking band is the rhythm section, especially Mitch Mitchell. The guy with the most boring name in the world. <laughs> uh, got the two drummer. first names. <laughs> he got two first names. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a knucklehead. Yeah, like, a the, fucking a, killer drummer.
0: A reject from another band, which is how he became or how he came across like Hendrix in this band was because he was he got denied or kicked out of a different band and yeah. ended up becoming the drummer for this band. But yeah, but dude. Even
1: like even Hendrix was rejected too. Like nobody wanted to pick up Hendrix. The rolling the manager of the Rolling Stones He was his attention was brought to Hendrix, and he's like, "No, you're not. There's nothing here for us to sell, so we're gonna turn you down." Like everybody in this band was turned down prior to joining this band.
0: I mean, there's a lot of like I don't even know where to like like reel it in here, but like there's so much there's so much history to Hendrix in his 27 young years. Like there's so much he went through just to be. And just like like he went through so many hardships just just to die young, like it's know, such right? a fucked up. He lived such a fucked up life just to not even experience the greatest part of his like accomplishments.
1: Yeah. that's sad. And I, I think I, I remember I didn't read it this week, but I I read it a long time ago. Where he had he had more number one hits after he died than he did while he was alive. Yeah, like he had better chart success after he died, like way not even just like the year after, but like. Decades after, decades, yeah, it's it's that's insane. Yeah, it's very, very sad. He he did deserve more, but but like Purple
0: Haze, Purple it's not it's not melodic, it's not exciting. Other than like its significance and sound, and like in Mm -hmm. the stereo mix, again, Hendrix vocals is like exclusive to one channel.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
0: I I, I get like it. That's allowing like the music more room to explore itself in the other channel, while kind of like relegating the vocals to like a, a a rhythm part of the music, but mm. that's just, that's dumb. That, that's, that's distracting. That's, it's too many tricks that I don't think Hendrix wanted to do. I think Hendrix was a purist in his tricks, and part of his iconic sound was was just using, like, essentially, he used four pedals, right? The mm-hmm. octave pedal, the fuzz pedal, the univibe, and then the wah wah. Like, those yeah. are the four pedals that, like, define Hendrix's sound. And yeah, that seems like a lot of pedals, but it's really, I
1: mean, it's really not. Omar fucking or the dudes from Corn who have like 30 pedals on their board
0: but like that that's that's why I don't like Purple Haze and the mix of it because it's 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 including tricks that Hendrix I don't think was fully on board with and, and I, I, I don't I, like it
1: I was gonna say I agree with you on that because reading more about how these records were made Chaz Chandler his manager and the producer it seemed like he controlled everything I mean, like he he controlled like what studios they went to. He I mean, he fucking. I mean, if it wasn't for him, yeah, Hendrix wouldn't exactly. Know, he would have blown so up as much as he there, did. There, there is there is a
0: give and take there, and it it's tough yeah. to kind of get around that.
1: But damn, he had so. I mean, it seems like he had so he much over. creative control. Yeah. yeah, that's why. That's why like Isle of White of is way. so
0: fucking different than this album. They're they're two completely different bands. They're two completely different yeah. persons.
1: Yeah, I know. I I agree with you. I think Isle of White is the best thing I've heard of his. Because it is, it sounds like a band, and and reading more th- about the making of this record too, they they, get, uh, ch- um, dude, I can't even think of his name right Chaz, now. Chaz, Chaz, uh, Chaz Chandler. Oh my god, no, Chad. Wait, oh my what god, did what you say? his fucking name? Chaz Chandler. Chaz, is it Chandler? Whatever. Anyway, Chandler Bing. <laughs> he, uh, it was to the point where he didn't want. Uh, noel or or mitch to have anything to do with the music he wanted everything to be jimmy so he he excluded them from any writing sessions and he said here's just play this basic track and then we'll record jimmy over it so they had never heard the music prior to uh prior to them recording the actual tracks and i think that's fucked up and that's why noel left the band that's why he was so pissed because he got no say on anything and it's just like Dude, Mitch and Noel to me, they're they're the highlights of this record, for sure. Like Hendrix, Hendrix is great, obviously, but man, he is not my favorite part of this record at all. So,
0: I I, I agree. I mean, for sure, like like Mitch Mitchell is he surprised me the most out of anything here. He is a uh, he's like a jazzy John Bonham, like just that's 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 just kind of like what I got. Like he he has yeah. this animalistic aggressive approach that Bonham had but with like a jazz tinge to it. And he is so fucking good. He was so amazing on this. And there are times where he is so busy that normally I would reserve like my negative comments for like a prog band. Like Neil Peart is being like really busy sometimes. Like, dude, just just chill. But (laughs) Mitchell is so busy
1: sometimes, but I'm never irritated, ever. Because he has that, I think what it is, is he has that jazz swing to where you always kind of, you're always interested it's not just technical to to be technical like there's there's a reason for him to have that swing on top of the power like you said of bonham he has the power of bonham but the swing of i'd say like ginger baker almost yeah and that i think maybe that would probably be the best the best people to describe him as a mix between ginger and and john bonham
0: yeah no i absolutely he, he was he was unreal he was unreal, and and Noel Noel was great, Noel was fantastic. But I still think Noel was is kind of like restricted to be in the confines of. Let me see what Jimmy's doing first, and then I'll do what I'm gonna do. Whereas yeah. Whereas Mitchell has complete freedom to do whatever the fuck he wants.
1: But then the way that that Noel and Jimmy intertwine musically, in some parts, it's so fucking amazing. Like, they, but, I, but I never think it's Jimmy keeping up with. It's I never. Didn't, I didn't. I think Isn't, it's Jimmy keeping up all the time because Noel and Mitch are so locked in and it, and it could probably is just because they recorded their stuff separate outside of Jimmy, but they're so locked in. It feels like there are times where I feel Jimmy is like slowing down or, or going too fast. Like he, he, he there are times when he, he can't keep up.
0: It's like, like like he's never Jimmy writing songs around Noel and saying like, oh that's a good baseline. Let me see if I can like come up with something for that. It's always like, okay, Jimmy, just do your thing and I'll write something really great around it. Like it's it's, it's I mean, Jimmy's like the, the, the heart of the band, like the, the, the leader. Well, yeah, the fine. Absolutely. So it's but like you th- that's why you can tell that some of the bass lines Noel comes up with are complementary to Jimmy. Whereas you know like Noel has the capabilities to go off and hang out with Mitch if he wants to and just do some really nasty jazzy even some like jazz fusion stuff mixed with psychedelic rock of the late 60s
1: yeah yeah
0: and we can hear it like a little bit in some of the live stuff but but really i mean i don't know holding into this album in particular it was um like we're we're corralling this rhythm section into being worse than they actually are and even though we they sound like really good I know they're better. We've heard them be better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just sucks that they were they were
1: confined to be to be worse. I know it's a real shame. It's a real fucking shame. So honestly, that, honestly, like, like well,
0: I I don't toss his word out very often because it's really fucked up. But this mm-hmm. is like a I honestly feel like this is like a molestation, a rape of like Jimi Hendrix's sound of this. This is what this album is. It fucking irritates me. It really does. I'm like <laughs> it upset it about
1: is, it. It is frustrating. I'm Fra- very frustrating.
0: irritated with it. it it actually is because. Hendrix's sound and I've, I've come to real. I even like wrote notes I, I dissected my notes as regard, in, in regards to four different aspects of why Jimi Hendrix is so great the guitar like the way he played it his guitar the amp the effects and his play style all yeah. four yeah. of those things are relegated to to parlor tricks on, on, on Are You record? Experienced and it pisses I, me I off I think
1: even I even think on Axis too there's still a lot of that shit going on on Axis
0: at least on Axis there's a lot more. There's a lot more quieter, clean instrumentals, where he's not hiding behind parlor tricks like he is on this one. And I think I think Axis has a lot more endearing lyrics. I think he's a lot more vulnerable in Axis.
1: Yeah, could be. I I don't know. I've, after this week, I, I've viewed Axis as like the the B sides to Experience.
0: Which I mean, mm-hmm. which is which is fair. But I mean, Weezer has B sides that are better than. Than a lot of the albums so
1: true but not everybody can be as good as weezer this album pisses that. me off now i'm
0: like even more irritated this album than it was <laughs> beforehand
1: now that now that i've kind of validated your 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 criticisms yeah now i'm just super fucking annoyed <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh lyrically what do you have on, on purple haze i don't give a
0: shit dude i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like this isn't about drugs Fuck off! Oh, it is. It totally is. Fuck off! It's I read all trizen. these little. I read all these little fucking things. We're like, oh, well, it could actually be. No, f- fuck, wipe. This is no. Get out of here, kid Excuse me. I kiss the sky. Like he's like, his head is tilted back as he's high on drugs, looking at the sky, kissing the sky. No, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend <laughs> this isn't about drugs. I'm not gonna do well, it.
1: Even even Hendrix said that that this song was based on a dream where he was walking under the sea. No, oh, yeah, hungry okay. While he was
0: fucking high on drugs, probably.
1: Dude, it was, but it. I agree with you. It was very annoying. Annoying reading some comments or a lot of the comments where people were trying to dissect his lyrics. Like, dude, you're <laughs> you're thinking way too hard about this because <laughs> it seems like people. It seems on, like people want to like raise Hendrix up on a higher platform than he already is. And it's like you don't have to do that. His lyrics aren't that deep. Yeah, he was talking about you know a lot of depression and and things like that, which is you know it's it's great, especially at this time when a lot of that shit wasn't talked about, but. When it comes to very surface-level stuff like this, like, come on, man. No. It's just silly boy talk. And yeah. you know what? Okay, okay, here we go. Here we go, here we, go. He, here we now, go. Now he's getting mad. So, so I mean, it, it doesn't have anything to do with, with this record, but what I thought was really weird about his death, so going to his death in 1970, Ooh. he, you know, first of all, there's a lot of fucking shit written about his death like every 10 minutes of that of his last day but then the part where he it was like what was it like fucking 1 a.m he goes and takes a bath and writes his final poem yeah and then and then they then people are talking about like the last four lines of the poem it's like is that real no, too, well, of course it's, not. It's too on the nose. It's too no, on the it's nose. No, stupid. No, of course not real. It's, it's
0: it's pretty much paperwork. like saying
1: goodbye to the world, and it's yeah. just like, come on, dude. Like this isn't a fucking Hallmark movie. This is no. I, I didn't buy. I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. Not I think all. that is just straight up hype. Because that, nope. that's way too on the nose. But Silly that talk. really irritates me. I, I feel like there's a lot of shit about Hendrix that is totally overblown because of crazy fucking fans. And I think to me, I feel like that kind of ruins his legacy. And I don't like it. It's annoying I, as fuck.
0: I think like 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 fucking sucking off Are You Experience ruins his legacy. Whereas Isle of White is, is overshadowed by by the Woodstock performance. And the Woodstock performance is iconic. It's it's amazing. It's,
1: it's But it's only iconic one of the because, greatest. But it's only iconic because of the actual festival itself and exactly. not its actual performance. No. Outside of the Star Spangled Banner it's not that iconic oh and another thing that i found out this week that (laughs) irritated the fuck out of me like really irritated me oh man this really bothered me (laughs) so you know okay so people always talk about you know i mean obviously he he does the whole thing where he plays with his teeth and everything like that yeah that wasn't his thing that's not even his fucking thing no no. and he even said he even said like in interviews like yeah i didn't come up with that 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 was like a common thing to do and like what is it like georgia or something yeah, was, like that it was like the South, like tennessee or some shit like the <laughs> Like a like, lot of fucking people do it and he just like picked up on it because it thought it was a cool trick on stage it's not original it. at all
0: he, he did it because oh. i think he said that if you didn't do it you were considered like a hack like you're you're a fucking yeah, joke something
1: like that yeah but then i mean i didn't know until this week that i thought it, he did that 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 he created that i couldn't believe it
0: no i i oh I, my god I, I have come to realize Ugh. over the years that Hendrix is is a sound, and then, and then nothing the fire, more.
1: The fire on his guitar. Yeah,
0: stupid too. <laughs> that's just as hacky too. It's stupid. Like it was, it was, like it was so.
1: It was completely pre-planning. Like it wasn't even that. Oh, dude. Yeah, dude. The, uh, the and that, legend that, behind Hendrix is so annoying.
0: That that performance, like that, that, that was at the Monterey Pop Festival. That performance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not an iconic Hendrix performance outside of the fire. But like lighting a guitar in fire, I don't know. That that's something like see like that's something that most people think happened at Woodstock. If you said like oh remember when Hendrix lit his fire his guitar in fire at Woodstock I'm like oh yeah I've seen pictures of that like nobody would ever like nobody fucking knows because yeah, exactly. like, who gives a shit what what is the Monterey Pop Festival outside of of, of I don't know Hendrix lighting his guitar in fire I don't know
1: who cares and then and then another weird thing is the famous picture from that from the Monterey Pop Festival. It was like some young, like seventeen year old kid. It was like the last picture on his camera roll. Like he had one one thing left to film. Yeah. Okay. To take one more picture and he there takes a go. picture of that. It's like there were no other photographers at this fucking concert at the Monterey no. Pop Festival. And already Af- a huge after Hendrix yeah.
0: After Hendrix had already <laughs> like, exploded.
1: Oh my God, dude. It's okay. so oh, I was so annoyed reading about that too. Like, the, like, the, seriously, like one of the most iconic pictures of all time. Just mirac, just happened to be the last thing on that camera roll. Fuck that. That is so obnoxious.
0: It is. It's annoying. Dude, it, it's it, so it, annoying. It tarnishes the legacy of, of what should be Hendrix. I'm not here to say, like Hendrix is a shit guitarist or or he's he's not, yeah, not worthy being a, being a top guitar. five. Because I I I honestly think that he's a top five guitarist. I just I I I think. <laughs> I think he's a he's a, a number one guitarist for the wrong reasons.
1: Yeah. It's way it's it's like this is like the equivalent of the Sex Pistols, except Jimi Hendrix has way more talent. Is it actually very talented. But it's it's all marketing. It's all the shit that was done mostly after he died. I mean, all the pictures and like how everybody associates his career and his life to drugs, which yeah, he did a lot of drugs, but oh, that wasn't the, the focus of his life or career. Like <sighs> That's another thing that really annoys me too. Is is his is his connection to the drug culture? When I don't know, man. That just that's not the point. It's really not the point of his music.
0: It's kind of funny too. Like the drug culture itself. Like Hendrix's biggest drug was alcohol. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was alcohol. But like we we associate Hendrix too. Yeah, he was not a fun person to be around. And it was like right after he got out of the army. Like he became addicted to alcohol at that point. Yeah, but. But like we associate Hendrix with like like pot and kind of like a, a lazier drug, right? Yeah, or whereas, even or
1: even LSD.
0: Whereas like his he had a he had a severe issue with, with addiction to alcohol. Like his, his mom, I think did she die of cirrhosis she was, or she got yeah, really
1: fucked up by cirrhosis? She she died at thirty three of cirrhosis, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like his parents fought constantly because they were they were drunks. I mean they yeah, were there were societal alcohol. pressures. Contributing to their reason why they drank so much, but they were yeah like he grew up in a household of, of alcoholics, and he, and then I, mean, I didn't even know until this week. Down. I didn't even know this till this week. But he had a lot of brothers and sisters.
1: I was just gonna bring that up, and three of them they gave up his three younger siblings. They just kept giving, giving up them adoption. up. Yeah, they kept popping them out and then giving them up. It's like. Fuck, oh, fuck man I mean that's a really fucked up childhood
0: I know like no wonder this guy like grew up to just be like super emotional and, and, and unhinged and, and yeah. dependent on like drugs god damn
1: drugs and women fuck I mean, really I mean there's one song on here where it talks about his confusion of like does he love this, per- this groupie or is it just another girl yeah like it's, the, it's about the conflict that he, he kind of went through during his short life I don't know. It's crazy, man. All right, so so let's move on from Purple Haze. Let, Let's get let's get into let's get into your one B. What do you got? One uh, B. The wind cries Mary. Really? The wind
0: cries Mary. Why is that? That is my nine B. That's uh, that's wrong. <laughs> so I, I I love his slower stuff, and and I talked about it with Axis. I I like mm. his slower stuff. I like his kind of calmer stuff. I think this stuff jams. His mix of blues and soul. And then even like throwing some jazz elements, it comes out nicely. And mm-hmm. it does, he does it best when he's throwing down like the cleaner songs, like the cleaner tones, the cleaner songs. He can literally just do this type of stuff solo with no rhythm section, and it would be just as effective. But like his solo here is great. It's still sloppy, in that it's like the Hendrix slop, but it doesn't feel mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like the need to be perfect. Each note doesn't need to be perfect but rather the sloppiness is the sound like that is that that is the sound that he's he's a, he's trying to go for he's trying to be sloppy in an endearing way and the wind cries mary is kind of that way because the song itself is also just i mean it's 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 a cool fucking song it, it, it was written about like an argument i guess with a girlfriend and, and i see it as as a as a big picture type song After the argument, Mm -hmm. he's kind of like discusses how insignificant he feels, how small the argument or or fight was in the grand scheme of things. And the song is just a bunch of verses and solos. It's verses, solos, and leads, really. It's very bluesy in his approach. And everything is very dumbed down. And I love how like the last part of the verses are all like a little bit different. He talks about like the wind whispers, the wind it, it cries, the wind screams, and then he says the wind cries. And the difference between it in the second and fourth verses, it's is like a subtle thing. The wind, it cries and then the wind cries. I don't know what it means, but I thought it was very, <laughs> very, I don't know, very, very peculiar. Yeah,
1: I agree with you on that. And I don't, I, I don't
0: think he was a great lyricist, but I think he was, I think he was a really good lyricist. He
1: was, he was good at conveying his emotion, not only through the guitar, but yeah, through some of his lyrics for sure. I just never realized how emo he was until this week, honestly. <laughs> I never really realized it either i did not <laughs> yes. i did not oh man but like like you said like, it makes sense with his his upbringing and all that kind of stuff um and what, what i noticed too i never realized this week was that there aren't a lot of choruses they're no. pretty much just like a verse maybe two verses throw in a solo throw in another verse another couple solos maybe an outro maybe another verse i don't know it, the, the structures of these songs are. Fucking weird. They're pretty unconventional for somebody who's so highly regarded for his songwriting. He's
0: a he's a blues guy at heart that struggled to make it in the rhythm and blues world and then eventually settled on rock and roll.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's Ooh how a boy. song sounds. It's a good one. And I, I, I agree with you too that you know his his playing is a little bit sloppier on this one. But having having Noel and Mitch there, dude, they fucking held this song together. If it was not for them, this song would have fallen apart. I think it would have, because his playing is is kind of rough in parts. Barely keeping up. I I don't know. It's he, good. it's a great song.
0: Honestly, like like the best parts of Jimi Hendrix remind me of like the best parts of Bradley Noel. Like when he was really fucked up, and you can hear him just kind of oh, like, yeah. and it was really sad. But like you can really hear him like, like on that Bradley Nolan friends acoustic version that like you can really hear him kind of get into these songs and he's just kind of like playing the feeling of the song rather than the song itself. And he's fucking the lyrics, but you know, he, he knows how, do you, he, he, knows how he felt when he wrote the song and he's yeah, conveying yeah. that feeling properly. And I think that's the biggest push and pull with this album is, is Jimmy Hendrix's feeling with the production. And mm. I, 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 like it's like production is key. Like you can't have the production fighting with a
1: theme of the album, and that's what's happening on this one that pisses me off. <laughs> Irritates true. me. It's true. All right, I'm gonna play a little bit of uh the the wind cries Mary. We'll get it more into the lyrics a little bit and some other things. So here it is uh, from the Jimi Hendrixes.
3: Boxes And the clowns have all gone to bed You can hear happiness staggering on downstream Footprints dressed in red And the wind whispers clearly. A broom is drearily sleeping Of the broken pieces of yesterday's life Somewhere a queen is weeping Somewhere a king has no wife And the wind that cries
1: There you go. The Wind Cries Mary from Jimi Hendrix or the Jimi Hendrix experience. Experience, Dude, why do I want to say experiment every fucking time? I,
0: I think you've said it so much now that it's never going to go away.
1: I don't think so either. And I don't think now that I'm really thinking about it, I don't think I've ever said it out loud. Ever. But it's the, it's the two X's so close to each other. And then the C.
0: Hendrix experience. Hendrix
1: I think it's the ends at the in the experience that Experiment. really fucks me up. Yeah. Oh, it's so annoying. So annoying. <sighs> but uh yeah, lyrically, lyrically, what do you what do you have on this one? I mean, we you touched upon it briefly, but do you have anything else on it? No,
0: that's fine. This is your like okay. 45B. That's okay. Oh, this is
1: my 9B. Uh, but I I wanted to mention too, you you kind of brought it up too about the lyrics, but it, he it's kind of a it's a really sad song in that he talks about how just time just forgets and how like everybody forgets everything over time and nobody is ever remembered like the his relationship no matter how much he he believes in it or how much he remembers it and misses it it's just gonna die away just like everything else it's a very depressing thing to say or to just kind of talk about it kind of I don't know
0: I I I love how melancholy and depressive Jimi Hendrix's lyrics were this was yeah This was something I had not expected whatsoever. There was a lot of expectations I had with Hendrix. A lot of things I knew I was going to like and dislike based off of what I listened to in Isle of Wight, but never getting to his lyrics. That was the best part of this for me was how emo his lyrics were.
1: Yeah. I, I was very, very surprised. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that because, uh, a big song regarding like his, uh, his mental state is one of my bangers, my oh. my, my high bangers. So, uh, so yeah, okay. So, do we have anything left on on the Wing cries Mary? So, like manic
0: depression is like your two B or what? Uh, it's close. It's
1: close. What's your one B? <laughs> it's manic depression, huh? No, it's fire. Oh, fire, dude! Fire, come on, man! Okay. How can this not be your one B? This is like this is one of the most exciting Jimi Hendrix songs he's ever fucking written. It's my 70. It's fine. When you really, th- when you really break down this song, <laughs> there's not a ton of guitar on this one. But goddamn, that fucking rhythm section with the backup vocals, the song is, is arguably... I might say this is his best song. This I don't is not th- care. I'll fucking say it's his best song.
0: This is why I ranked it so low is because this is a pop song disguised as like a psych rock track, which is fine, but it's not showcasing like Jimi Hendrix, Mitch Missile, Mitch Missile, Missile, Missile. Is he <a> Missile? <laughs> like like a like a fucking Russian missile coming out? Mitch Missile. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call him Mitch Missile. It's a lot easier. Uh, Mitch Missile. Two two first Mitch names Mitchell, is just yeah. silly boy talk. Bob yeah, Bob Mitch
1: Wil Wilson 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 stupid. Wilson. Yeah, it's stupid. Mitch, Mitch Missile.
0: Mitch he uh, <laughs> did he slays. Idiot. He's, he's fantastic. <laughs> Noel's bass line when the solo hits, absolutely yeah. fantastic. And I think the riff itself is really cool, and I like the pacing of the riff. And I think the pacing of the riff is what makes it great. It's a fun song, but it is. Like, it's a pop song. It's a pop that, song. But that's fine. I know it's fine. I know it's fine. But in but you're like, acting like it's not fine. No, this irritating. is 7B. This is a 7B. Oh, my God.
1: You're just so stupid.
0: It's fun. I think stupid. it's great. It's a seven B. This B stands for banger. B I know B stands stands for banger. That's why
1: Stings. it says seven B. But being that low of a banger, dude, you, you just this is. There's been a lot of silly boy talk. I just on this I, episode. I I
0: I expect certain things from my Hendrix at this point, and this is not fulfilling. But what also, I
1: want from you Apex. know, your your BB off of Axis was not a Hendrix song. That is true. That was so, <laughs> so, the, the, so what you true. just what you've been saying makes no sense. It contradicts what you were talking about on Axis. Like it's no, nice we're talking to hear, about this, this album. It, we're not we're not talking about Axis. But it's refreshing hearing something so straightforward that is not Hendrix led. That's what I'm saying. Like it has yeah, it has the pop element. I
0: get what you're saying. I understand that. I like the uh, song. The song is really good. Like it's, it's one of his most song iconic songs. Like this is like a top five iconic Hendrix song of all time.
1: I think it's his best. Fuck it, I'll say it. It's his best. I mean <laughs> it's fucking like good, studio man. like
0: studio stuffs, maybe.
1: I, I there could be an okay. argument. Well for okay, that. that's what we're talking we're not talking about sure. Isle, of, Isle of Wade. I mean we're not we're not gonna talk about the twenty two minute version of Machine Gun. You Oof, know, baby I boy. An extra ten minutes to that fucking song. Baby boy. It's so good though. It's so fucking good. Um but uh no fire, man. Straight up straight up great to the point song. Dude, I I love the rhythm section. Mitch Mitch Missile. Um mm. <laughs> he's so, so good Mitch Missile's yeah, so good yeah he, he's he's unreal I don't know I don't know what else I have to say about it I mean lyrically it's it's a pretty it's pretty simple it's about trying to woo a girl that's all it did is you did
0: you see this was supposedly like inspired by he's being he was like like Hendrix was cold yeah, at Noel's see, mom's house and then he was stupid. like asking if he could stand next to the fire to warm up But like, really, come on! This is just another like overly sexual song.
1: Yeah, there's so much. There's so many stupid things written about his lyrics. Like, I know that's it irritates me. uh, It's irritating. uh, It really fucking irritated me. Uh, What what else was I gonna say about this? Because we can say
0: whatever the fuck we want. Because he's dead and he can't like say anything about it. So we can like not that he would say anything if
1: he was alive.
0: (laughs) No, that's true because he's. Because the, the, that's, then that's like the sloppiness and greatness of Hendrix was like he changed lyrics constantly just to piss people off and be facetious and a douchebag about it. And that's great.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, bringing it back to Purple Haze, from what yeah. I was reading, like w- when he would play that when they would play that song live, he would change the lyrics to like, excuse me, while I kiss this guy? Or like he would he would change it to to kind of make fun of somebody or something that happened at the concert or whatever, which I thought was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, because everyone, because I mean, Playful. I don't think it sounds like it, but people thought it sounded like he was saying, excuse me, i kiss this guy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and people thought he was like, he was like gay, and like, oh, that's not right, and he was like, okay, well, then fuck it, I'm going to lean into it, and he would sing, like, excuse me, i kiss this guy, and then like blow kisses to Noel, or blow kisses to yeah. Mitch Missile on stage, and to just Missle. to like Stop piss people this. off. <laughs> How, like, it's Mitch, not, Mitch Missile's a cool fucking name. It's not really, though. <laughs> Mitch Missile? Like if my it's last not, name was yeah. Missile, come on! Like you'd be a present or like I don't know, second uh, in command at least.
1: Uh, Mitch Mitchell, Mitch Missile, Mitch Missile. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, Chili Peppers did a good cover of this too. Pretty straightforward, but it's a cool cover. And knowing that you know, for Shante's biggest biggest influence was Hendrix, it's cool that they cover this song.
0: I mean, that's a famous quote too, right? Like the the Hendrix favorite guitarist quote. Like I don't know if you've heard it, but the quote saying Jimi Hendrix may not be your favorite guitarist, but whoever your favorite guitarist is, their favorite guitarist mm. was Jimi Hendrix. Jimi
1: Hendrix, yeah, yeah. I've heard
0: And that. and that that like always irritated me, but like I understand why more so this week because of the multi multi dimensional Jimi Hendrix was, even though he was just a a pawn in the production scheme and and the the record labels and everything else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. At Honestly, his core he
0: was fantastic.
1: Wait, say the last part?
0: At his core, he was fantastic.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And like we talked about on the Richie Valens episode, imagine what would have happened after, or had, he, had they not died so young. I would be way more excited to have heard what Hendrix would have done than Richie Valens. Yeah, like, I
0: mean, unfortunately, like, like that Richie Valens thing, like, yes, I, I think he probably peaked. Cause rock and roll, that sound was already kind of on its way out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So like a year,
0: I mean, well, like that rock, that sound of rock and roll was like early fifties and then they died in like the late fifties. And you know, by like 60, it was, it was already gone. So it lasted like a decade, but Richie Valens was already late fifties on its own. But like Hendrix, I would, I would like to see what's happening with Hendrix. Cause I think like dude, cause he jammed with Miles Davis. He was jamming with Miles Davis. Davis.
1: Miles Davis Davis went to his funeral.
0: Yeah, dude, Miles Davis, they jammed together. They jammed together. It was never Uh, recorded. It was never put to tape or anything.
1: It's so annoying.
0: Dude, not only did they jam together, Miles Davis was like a really big fan and was like, yeah, he fucking rocked. So like, you jam with Miles Davis, like the king of cool, come on.
1: Yeah. I I mean, literally, I mean, the biggest jazz icon of all time bigger than gold. I just
0: I I I would have loved to hear Hendrix in like the the fusion era of his all prog music in the 70s. Like that would
1: have just yeah, been Yeah, it could have been
0: it would have been unreal. Absolutely unreal. He could have been like the 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 John McLaughlin of of the 70s. That's the, just That's even, exactly what I was thinking. You know thinking? what I mean? <laughs> that was like, the yeah.
1: first guy that came into my mind like Like that type was, of yeah, of of
0: uh of uh, like like uh, what, what do you call it? Like like a jack of all trades. That type of of uh, like he could play with anybody and, and really really yeah. slay. Like,
1: well, ugh. did you read also that the uh, Keith Emerson and um, Keith Emerson and what's the lake? Uh, fuck. Greg Lake. No, <laughs> it's, it's Greg <laughs> no, no, Lake. No, no. Oh, yeah. oh, I think it's a Great Lake. No, Greg Lake. Greg. Like lake Superior. Um, okay, no, Greg Lake. Yeah, you're on they... Erie. Not be Superior. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> stupid. Um, did you read that too? Where where they wanted to get Hen- they wanted Hendrix and Mitch Mitch Missile to be in the band, like they, they were starting a band. This is before ELP, but they were starting a band and they wanted Hendrix and Mitch to be in the band. But God then in damn, the end that would have been good. In the end, they ended up not not getting them to be in the band. And dude, yeah, like you just said, can you imagine that? That would have been and good. ELP in, Hendrix in oh, one God.
0: of those ways where where like now we're getting like some of the most technical prog rock music mixed with just very
1: absolute feel
0: organically homegrown psychedelic rock yeah. without the production. Just let it Even go. Even if they
1: did like two records, you know, not, not overdoing it and putting out 10 records in 10 years, just doing two records in like a year and a half. Like that could have been easily one of the greatest prog records of all time. Oof. <laughs> Having those four guys on one record would have been fucking unreal. And you know, also in the seventies, had Jimi Hendrix not died, he he would definitely would have played with Grateful Dead. Oh,
0: dude, Jimi Hendrix yeah, I mean, and the Grateful would, Dead, fuck me. Are you kidding? I mean, it would be pretty fucking cool. Because, like, 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 Hendrix has he has the ability to play straight blues that is tight, like Dwayne Allman could play. And he can go off on his own tangent and and play his own iconic blue stuff. Also, like Dwayne Allman, Jerry Garcia, and Bob Weir could play. But it's yeah. just, I mean, like, like we even got into the 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 reason why Jimi Hendrix is iconic, and I just, but uh, I cannot believe you know, it's 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 honestly taken me this long to appreciate his sound over his music because I appreciate his sound more than I do
1: his music. Outside of Isle of Wight. yeah, I understand that. I understand that. I will say, too, I mean, Grateful Dead were a band while he was alive, so they could have easily j- played together and jammed together, but honestly, I think the only reason why they never did was because Hendrick was primarily based out of London, and then obviously they were in the Bay Area of California. I think had they been closer geographically, they would have definitely, definitely played in the late 60s together. 100% I mean, would have.
0: Yeah, it was, I mean, it was very, very brief. And like the whole, the whole Frisco scene, and the psychedelic era of, of NorCal, I mean, it was brief. And then Jimi Hendrix, his life was also very brief. So leading yeah, up until 1970, weird. it was just, I mean, we're talking like maybe a two and a half year period where there was some overlap of yeah. where Hendrix, he's like, oh yeah, I've heard of the Grateful Dead. And then like a year later, he was dead. So there's like very little overlap. So I, yeah, I totally, I, I agree. I get it. I mean, I, I also didn't understand. I, I didn't realize that he, that he essentially lived so much of his life in Seattle.
1: Yeah. I didn't know that either. I never knew that.
0: I, 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 I didn't know he lived in Seattle at all.
1: Yeah. That was, that, that surprised me. A lot. Like a
0: huge part of his life has come from Seattle. And I like, why the fuck is Seattle? So hell bent on like the grunge shit. When they could be leading into they like, have the Hendrix nothing sound, nothing else to do. They could be leading oh, into the oh, Hendrix okay. shit. I, you I, know I what I mean? I
1: didn't let you finish. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't let you finish.
0: My bad. Like good God, oh, that's fine. I I've, grunge. Okay, that's fine. Great, but like, why have I never heard of Seattle like putting the Hendrix up on the pedestal like they do grunge? I don't know.
1: Well, it's probably because Hendrix didn't make his music out of Seattle. He made his music in in England, in London, right. really. But he picked up so his guitar in Seattle. Well, yeah, he picked up his guitar in Seattle, but then- he, Actually, I mean, he picked bet, up his ukulele in Seattle, and then he true. picked up his guitar yeah. in Seattle. Uh, see, that's another thing, too, like the whole the whole myth and story It's all lore,
0: baby. That's all lore. That's no different uh, than Robert Johnson selling a soul to the devil. Come yeah, but, on, baby. It's I know, lore. And, I love it.
1: I know. I know. I know. So good. I know he found the ukulele. He only had one string. One so string. Learned, so every he song he how played. To play, he oh, learned how so to play good. Elvis's, what, Hound Dog, was it? Yeah. Yeah, hound dog on one string. Well, okay, that's fine, but dude, love come that on. shit. <sighs> why?
0: Why, then, why, why then, is, then, is that annoying? But like Robert Johnson literally God, selling his soul to the I devil know, is like a cool thing.
1: Because the Robert Johnson thing is so outlandish that it's like, <laughs> it's fun. You know, it's just it's just straight up fun. And then he was fucking poisoned. You know, come on, that is way more. Interesting. And then thinking about like you know, the South in the 1920s compared to, you know, London in 1970 or the 1960s. I mean, just the, the the difference in just everything, society, culture, was wildly different. So, I mean, the whole lore behind Robert Johnson is supernatural. It's a, it's silly, yeah. but you know it's silly, but Hendrix's <laughs> lore is more just, let's it's, try to make trying, it sound real. Yeah, it's trying, it's trying to be way real. Too hard. Yeah, okay. it's trying to be real. Okay, but, no, that's fair ukulele with one string <laughs> <laughs> like what oh, i man. thought what i thought was super outlandish oh the broom the broom thing irritated the, me too the
0: broom the broom and how they got discharged the broom and how they got discharged
1: yeah. it's like dude you would get your i mean he did get his ass kicked in the army but like because you know
0: that's not the no. way it works you don't just like sit around and jam and then sleep in and, <laughs> yeah. and, and and then get honorably discharged well you come on Come on, that's silly boy talk. And that's he was not, like that's not the way it fucking works.
1: He was a paratrooper apparently, and then it says that, or he, or Hendricks claimed that he broke his ankle on his on the twenty. Oh, so he was discharged after his twenty sixth jump as a paratrooper, and in training, and then he he claimed he broke he broke his ankle, but there's zero records of him breaking an ankle, and like some of the stories that Hendricks told are not true.
0: No, in so. the sixties.
1: Like come Man. on! Like yeah, they're I not know. letting anybody out of the fucking army
0: at that point. What's silly <laughs> boy talk?
1: This well, is it a, was on. right they, before they were... v- it was right before Vietnam. It was like a year or two before Vietnam. But and like that whole
0: that whole the, I mean, that whole Vietnam War thing. I mean, we're talking it's it's the height of it. It's, it's the sixties here. Like, it, Vietnam's annoying at this point. It's it's people hate it. It's it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. So like to think that that you're gonna get honorable, honorably discharged for slacking off, because like your your commanding officer says, ah, I think the army would be better if he wasn't here. I know That's that was just, the weirdest thing. Mm, come on.
1: That's the weirdest thing. They would but, just use your the army would just use you for fodder. Like they would just use you to just like be a body just to sacrifice yourself for somebody who has trained harder than you. I mean, I was This is the I '60s. Mean, this is when they can hit the si- you and shit. And this is before the civil rights movement, so they. cared, yeah. I mean, as bad as it's, as it is, they cared less for African American guys than they did white Dude, dudes. Like, uh, there's a lot of weird, weird things. A but black man also,
0: in the army in the '60s thinking that he's going to get honorably discharged for slacking off is just that's no. It's weird. That's it's
1: dumb. very strange. No. I mean that yeah. leads into some conspiracy theories that the whole counterculture, the hippie culture, and all all that was all the CIA psyop. No, it's a whole other thing. And Hendrix was a part of it. And you know, reading more this week about his military service and he's come All the family of military men. His dad. Yeah. World War II. Yeah. Maybe Jimi Hendrix oh, was never. Maybe he wasn't real. He was a, a plant. Known. Yeah, could have been. A lot of people say Jim Morrison was a plant too. Like that was a plant, oh, one too. Oh, easy that's tiger. That's a big. That's a big theory that he was a plant. Easy tiger just saying. Jimi Hendrix also did take <laughs> a
0: lot from from the Doors too.
1: I can I can see that. All right, so should I play a little bit of fire? Cuz we haven't played it. And we'll get into another yeah. song. Play play a little bit of fire. That's that's fine, yeah. sure. All right, here we go from uh, Jimi Hendrix.
3: Fire stand next to your fire
1: There you go, Fire from Jimi Hendrix. Dude, it's just unbelievable how good the rhythm section is in this song. It, it blows my mind. It fucking blows my mind. You know, you would, you would really, really like Sly and the Family Stone. Like, this is... I mean, what I've heard from them, I've, I've enjoyed.
0: Like, 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 Dance to the Music, that's like their, their... I think that's their first... From their first album. Like, this is... This song is very, very much in that same vein as Sly and the Family Stone.
1: Sly, Sly, they were—they were like early seventies, right?
0: No, they were like mid to late sixties. They—they came they? like honestly like the same time like Hendrix was out.
1: Oh, okay. So I thought they were like just like the precursor to to disco, like more funk, like seventies funk, and then oh, they're they're definitely like soul funk, disco. but
0: but like psychedelic with instrumentation in the sixties.
1: Okay. But yeah, like
0: you it. would you would really really like the first like three albums by Sly and the Family Stone. Right. I got the first four in the vinyls, and the, they're all they're fucking fantastic.
1: <laughs> I, I I mean I see them when I go to record stores, but I never I never buy them because it, it's it's a thing where yeah they they're really good, but how often am I gonna go back to and listen to them? Oof. Ooh, ooh, spoken really
0: spoken by somebody who may has never dove into Sly and the Family Stone. I'm I don't know.
1: I it. know. It's it's been on the
0: list to do for a while.
1: I know it has. I know it's on the to do list. Okay. Okay, Okay, so then, what is your uh, what's your two B don't two, don't second so banger right now. So fire was your was your one B? You said that's oh, my one we're B. Just, yeah, we're correct.
0: not even like we're so far from.
1: But we've already talked about a couple like songs. Like, B's. are you experienced? Purple haze. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> may this be love. That's your two B.
0: May this be love. May this be love. I may mean, this be love. Is this
1: really a two B? Yeah, dude, this is my A B. What is going on with you? Because you like,
0: I, I like a lot of these slower jams. You like yeah, a you lot do. of the. Yeah, you do. This is normally you're like the ballad man. Ever since the Alkaline Tree episode, you're like the ballad <laughs> man now. But like this, this week, uh, I, I, I like the slower jams. I like the slower stuffs. I, I don't know. I like this. This is, this is the ballad of the album. That's what that's what's happening. Yeah, you
1: you did pick the two the two biggest the two ballads off of this as your.
0: It's got this one's got like real soul to it. This is the Hendrix guitar sound that I love. It's quieter. It's a bit cleaner. That tone flows nicely, but it's still iconic to Hendrix. And this Mm -hmm. is my favorite solo on the album here. It's pleasant and it flows so nicely, but he still thrashes. He thrashes by hitting like those Hendrix chords which we haven't got into yet. He hits them so hard. And so aggressive that they're super loud in the mix and they they overpower the solo and the the music itself, but only for a couple seconds. He doesn't even let them linger. It's just like, hey, don't forget, I can shred. And that's it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this this song has more of like an ethereal kind of sound to it with the guitar effects. They're not like a straight, clean channel. There's some stuff thrown in there but it's it's nice it's a very pleasant sounding song it's very laid back i like it a lot and and the way that that mitch plays the drums on this he plays just mostly tom the toms he doesn't really use the snare a whole lot or you really use cymbals at all it's just kind of like just kind of trudges along with that and i hear a lot of indian uh influence too on this one not like overtly like with sitar and all that but just kind of little effects here and there mixed with the drums. I, I I hear some like Indian influence on that. Which makes sense for the time. Yeah. But uh but then also that slow build into like that crescendo at the end, that mm. solo. Mm. It's pretty fucking good. It's pretty fucking good. This it's is my It's the eight, best wait, song on the album. But this is my EP. But um, yeah, and this is a killer fucking song. Should we play a little bit of it? Get into the lyrics.
0: I mean, it's mm, uh, that's all right. I, I don't might know. as well. What, I mean, might
1: as well. I feel like we've been talking a lot.
0: I haven't. We haven't even got to what makes Hendrix Hendrix. Well, I
1: know, but this is your two B. Okay, play it. All right, play here we go. Fucking track. Here's a little bit of uh, "May This Be Love" from Jimi
2: Hendrix. Waterfall
3: Nothing can harm me at all My worries seem so very small But my waterfall I
1: I have you Why There you go May this be love From Jimi Hendrix What do you have lyrically on this one?
0: Mm. I thought he used the word waterfall A lot I thought,
1: I thought you were singing
0: right now But it was just the music oh, fading no. out still Long yeah. fade Long fade there yeah, my, my signature fades You've not done a long fade like that in a while one, I no do him one, a lot, but you just don't no one hear. do got it. me. That's true. That's probably true. Yeah. You know, um, Discord. I, I think I think he uses the idea of a waterfall to like keep him constant. I I don't know what his waterfall is. But it's similar when like suburban moms say shit like, "You're my rock," referring to <laughs> someone stable to help them through tough times and shit. Yeah. I think like that's his waterfall.
1: Okay. All right. I I can um, I, I agree with you on that. I love him because he's my rock.
0: God, dude, shut up.
1: <laughs> it is kind of annoying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking
1: dumb. Uh, uh, yeah, this, to me, this is like, this is him talking about daydreaming or, or, or even just meditating um, and just kind of getting into the mindset of not caring what the outside world thinks of him and um, just kind of thinking outside of the status quo and just kind of trying to expand your mind. That's what I got lyrically on this one. this one. This one is one of the few songs that's a little bit more cryptic than most of the record. But of course, people are talking about all kinds of weird ass shit that I don't think he was that deep. It also kind of
0: reminds me of the song, time, uh, the, the Time, Time, Time is on my side by the Stones song? from the, the early 60s, like mid 60s. Uh, I don't remember that song. Time, time, time is on my side. Yes, it is.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, dude, I don't you know remember that song. song at all. Every I, I mean, I, I listened to like 15 Rolling Stones albums. So, and where, where the first six sound identical to one another? Oh, it's true. It's true. Okay. We talked about it. Come on. Go listen to that podcast anybody listening right now go listen to when we did the Rolling Stones that was a, that was a that was quite the week
0: that was a doozy yeah I, I listened to
1: twenty seven Rolling Stones albums <laughs> that week you're fucking insane, especially getting into the eighties like fuck man you did that I, with Queen, too yeah. like you listened to all the shit after post nineteen eighty no did I I think you did I think I queen did. has some
0: gar- they have some garbage records I mean their second album is pretty garbage but I like the first like eight albums on the vinyls and I got rid of all but like five. I think you maybe need like two. No, come like, on, that's just silly boy talk. Come on. Their first <laughs> album that's just like straight up good rock and roll. That's yeah, good. Night at the opera, that's you know, that's iconic. Yeah.
1: Sheer heart Jazz. attack.
0: It's got like the first Night. beginnings of thrash metal on it. Like Queen is like very metal in a lot of their music. Like the, you're you just being True. silly, boy. Talk you know jazz. I you I, love I, jazz. You like jazz.
1: Jazz. Was, I do have jazz, but it might be on the chopping block because I have I have three Queen records. I have Sheer Heart Attack, Jazz, and I have Night at the Opera.
0: Where did you get Sheer Heart Attack?
1: I think I have Sheer Heart Attack.
0: Yeah, I have Sheer. You Heart do not Heart have Sheer Heart Attack. Attack. I'm pretty sure I do. No, there's no way. There's no way. Why is there no way? Because that's a record that you don't find in the wild, use a lot, because people scoop it up immediately, and Uh, you only buy it if you really know what it's like. I don't think you have Sheer Heart Attack.
1: I don't know. I know for sure that I I have... have, I think you have jazz, I think you have uh,
0: News of the World, and I think you probably have Night
1: at the Opera. I I know for sure I have Night at the Opera and jazz, but I'm pretty sure I have Sheer Heart Attack, too. I know you have jazz because I I got you the jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, a,
0: you, have a, you, have a, you have a nice, clean copy of Jazz too. It's pricey. It's pricey. It was pricey. You you paid like twenty dollars for it. Yeah, it's pricey. It's pricey for Queen. It's like a, like an early pressing, super fucking clean copy. Get out of this fucking. It is very clean. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Uh, oh, uh, so that was your number two. Do you have anything else on that one?
0: No, that's it. That's it. That's all. That's
1: it. All right. So my number two is uh, I don't live. I don't live today. Mm. This is my two B. What does this one sit for you?
0: It's my four B baby. Love this one. Oh, there one. we go.
1: We're we're starting to, you know, connect here. A little bit. Um this one to me is just it's overall just very bluesy styled, very blues styled. Um, but you know, it, obviously more it's just heavier because of Hendrix. But then Mitch Mitchell comes in, mm. has that super catchy drum part, kind of reminiscent of some Travis Barker, you know, in the later years. Um that he plays through and when that chorus hits, when he speeds up the coolest part of the fucking record, you know what I'm talking about?
0: I do. There's, there's several parts. He of double, this he double times
1: it in the chorus, but it's, it's not, wow. it's not like he's
0: double timing to be like a punk drummer. He, he, double, no, he double no. times, but then slows down. But then like, like uh, he, he's hitting the hi hats on like the upbeat to create like even more dynamic of a sound because he's slowing down on the beat, but he still wants to hit like the boof, cap boof, 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 like that kind <laughs> yeah. of sound, but then goes back into the double time and then goes back into that, 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 I don't know, that weird, like fucking polka type. He beat. Does it, you know what I mean? He does
1: it very quickly. Like he goes back and forth very quickly.
0: This is his tightest song on the album for sure. And it's, it's, Dude, he slays on this, and I, I, I wrote too that his double timing and then slowing down again is is like hypnotizing. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. It's unreal. Yeah. And then you mix that with that that drum part that sounds like a drum loop, but it's just that one. I, don't, I can't even try to do it. Like it, he plays pretty much the same thing through the entire song, outside of that chorus part, and then you get that that break in the middle of the song where everything stops and then it builds up again and it's pr- it's pretty much just Mitch fucking around and soloing on the drums and then Hendrix does like some vocal stuff but it's pretty much just like a like a jam like the last like maybe 2 minutes minute and a half of the song it's, is just like a jam and it's, it's right it's around wild.
0: it's right around the 230 mark and that's yeah. when it gets super rad it's it's one of, it's honestly one of the best parts of the album and it's not just a speed up and wank to like end the song it's got feeling to it And it it all bleeds in and bleeds out. And Hendrix does a really great job of of kind of just making noise. My problem with it is Spotify. (laughs) Oh. Spotify, again, with the stereo mix, it's fucking
1: annoying. They do a lot with the stereo On, on that ending part. And then, I mean, this isn't just Spotify. This is the actual mix of it. But they... It's kind of annoying, but they they turn the volume down like almost all the way, and then they turn it up real quick. Yeah, and then turn it down. Fucking irritating. Yeah, it's a little strange, but they're experimenting in the studio.
0: It's just just, man, this song is fucking
1: wild. Yeah,
0: no, okay. Uh,
1: So I'm gonna play a little bit of this song. We'll get into the lyrics. There's not not a lot there lyrically, but let's uh, let's listen to a little bit of "I Don't Live Today" from Jimi Hendrix. There you go I don't live today from Jimi Hendrix dude like I said Mitch's drumming on this is 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 unreal it's top-notch dude it's it's unbelievable man that <laughs> that double time in the chorus is phenomenal absolutely phenomenal but um, what do you got lyrically on this one I, I, I think like structurally it's a cool song he's kind of like
0: posing questions and answering them himself yeah. As as if it's like a, this introspective like in that Hendrix knows his mental health has never been the healthiest stemming from mm-hmm. his childhood. And now and now we're I don't know, we're we're having him or we're hearing him be very down on himself. Not quite like suicidal, but very morbid. And mm-hmm. the line I, I, I like it a lot, but it is kind of like very, very sad and depressing. But the line that he says, No sun coming through my windows. <laughs> yeah. Feel like Feel like I'm living at the bottom of a grave. I wish you'd hurry up and execute me, so I can be on my miserable way. That's that, dude, perfect. that, that, that would, that would, that's a line that I, 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 that probably blew me away more than anything musically that Hendrix did. I never, I never expected him to be this, this like emo, this morbid, this dark. That was, that was unreal to me. Yeah. That truly was unreal to me. He's
1: never portrayed as like this depressed guy. He's always portrayed as like this rock icon. And he's never thought of like this as this deep of a guy.
0: I've never thought of him as anybody else except for just a pompous kind of rock god who could have any woman he wanted.
1: Yeah. Groupies and drugs. That's pretty much, you know, outside of his music, that's what I always kind of thought about him.
0: Whereas, like in actuality, he escaped to those things because of his manic, like, like depression. Even though that was probably your three (laughs) B, (laughs) but
1: it's up there. It's up there. It's a good song. It's a fucking great song. But then I I will talk about that when we get to manic depression. You know, lyrically, I I agree with you. I mean, I agree with you 100% lyrically on this one. Uh, But it's also kind of a throwback to like traditional blues songs, where it's very much just kind of it's very depressing like that's what the blues are it's it's about sadness and heartbreak and this and that and he really does take it to the next level like you said in that the end of that verse those last three lines or those four lines dude it's it's like he he really just channeled his darkest his darkest feelings it's sad stuff yeah i love this fucking song it's we a, forget it's,
0: too. Like honestly, we forget. Like like we put Jimmy, Jimmy, Jemmy. <laughs> Jemmy. <laughs> Who the fuck's name ever has been Jemmy with an E? <laughs> Jemmy, that's the worst name ever. It's a new, name. A it's a new name. That's awful. The, I'm surprised I haven't heard of Jimmy yet. That's true, huh? Yeah.
1: There's a lot of Jimmy. stupid
0: names out there. There's a lot of stupid names. I know yeah, kids. Jeff. I know kids in my kids' schools that are
1: named Bear, Cricket. Oh, There's yeah. There's a Cricket. I Jemmy, but yeah, I, I I I don't know where I was going with this. You want to hear some two really stupid names real quick? I would love to. I love stupid names. Jonathan Davis's two youngest kids. Mm-hmm. One of their names is Zeppelin, and the other one is Pirate.
0: I mean, like, like, like what's What's in a name? Right, as Shakespeare said. What's in a name? What oh, a rose by any other name smells sweet. It's just a name. Who cares? Oh, God. But, but I mean. I'm going to laugh at stupid names. This is this is what I do. It's no disrespect. <laughs> it's just is what you do. It's no disrespect. It's just when I find something funny, I laugh. My my body laughs. So if <laughs> Here you I say, "Hey, this is this this is my kid Pirate," I'm gonna fucking laugh because that is. <laughs> I mean, uh, I
1: would laugh too. It's stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very okay. stupid. Yeah.
0: This is this is my kid uh, Frank, and this is uh, Jim. What's your kid's name? Oh, Pirate.
1: <laughs> okay. Here we go. Oh, God. Yep. All right. So what do you got for your 3B? I don't know. 3B. Fuck uh, we're actually getting close to the end here.
0: Well, yeah, we are. Again, I, I have all these notes of why Jamie Hendrix is one of the greats, but we haven't talked about any of them.
1: Okay. Well, let's get, let's get going. You're on your 3B. I'm
0: sure you're almost there. No. The, I, I, I divide it into four categories. I talked about it earlier: guitar, amp, effects, and play okay. style. What do you want to get into first?
1: Let, let's okay. Let, let's kind of spread this out. Let's talk. Let's talk about guitar and amp right now.
0: Okay. Good. Well, let's just start with guitar then, because it's it's you said it first. Okay. <laughs> so let's let's just start let's just oh, start so easy. Guitar. We... How is that annoying? I don't know you know. You annoy me. <laughs> what What makes Jimi Hendrix iconic is not his songwriting at all. because he's not he's not that great. His lyrics, Mm -hmm. eh, let's find. It's his sound and the way he plays guitar. So let's start with guitar. He plays a right-handed guitar that was strung left-handed. Yes. What does that mean? What that means is is because it's strung upside down, he's getting brighter lows and he's getting darker highs because the pickups are opposite to where the one string is now the sixth string and vice versa. So he's getting... He's getting a more complex sound on the high end and the low end now, and that's that's stupid. That's, that's weird, <laughs> right? It Isn't is that weird, stupid?
1: Yeah. Like he plays, let he he does play that way, but then he he doesn't decide or he doesn't think about switching out the pickups.
0: It, it, but like it, th- that that yields brighter lows. we you normally yeah, you'd yeah. get like brighter highs. You would get like more crisp high ends, and you would get darker, rich lows. But he's getting the opposite. He's getting like brighter lows. He's getting rich, rich low ends. So you, he's getting a lot of treble in the lows, and then he's getting a lot of like bass in the highs. So he's mm-hmm. getting a nice, like fucking perfect sound all around. Like, yeah, he, like he's he's reinventing the guitar. Something so unique in that. Yeah, but that I mean that's that's just because he's lazy, really. <laughs> Right, or he that's didn't like, know
1: better. I mean, or he just didn't know better, and he didn't care.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's what it is. So, like, as far as the guitar aspect is concerned, that's fucking cool. And then we talked about like lighting the guitar on fire, playing with the teeth, playing behind the head. These are not yeah. it, nothing. Here is is Jimi Hendrix invented, and, and by omission, like he said, like I did not invent any of these things. These are things that I saw other people do, and I'm emulating them. And I give him credit for that because, you know, that's humble and that's that's respectful. I get it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But like my God, dude, the Stratocaster would not be <laughs> the
1: Stratocaster would not be anything without Jimi
0: Hendrix. Honestly. It just would you're, not, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It would there, not be anything.
1: There's no guitar player that that really identifies with the Stratocaster like Jimi Hendrix does. There, like, there's there's like no Jimmy guitar. Page, Jimmy Page is Les Paul, Hendrix is Stratocaster.
0: But Jimi Hendrix is so much more than so much more to Stratocaster than Jimmy Page was to Les Paul. True. True. Like, yeah. And that, I mean that's just because of marketing too. Like Fender just is better at marketing than than any any other guitar manufacturer ever will be. But goddamn, like the Stratocaster is just the most iconic guitar in, in history of music for sure. Mm-hmm. It really is. And then like what about the amp? Like the the amps. He snagged he snagged he snagged a marshall amp super early on, maxed out all the fucking knobs, the the Hendrix settings, and then he just straight up didn't shy away from the feedback. He embraced the feedback, which is something nobody had done up until this point. Even like Dick Dale. Even even, Dick Dale. Dick Dale's the only other person that really pushed amplifiers to their max and then kind of got feedback but that was just because he's he played so goddamn fucking fast that when he wasn't playing there was feedback so nobody really should, <laughs> nobody really nobody really embraced the feedback the way he did he overdid the distortion and he overdid the overdrive to cause such an abundant amount of noise that it was super annoying and that's what you want to do in rock and roll right you want to just be fucking yeah. annoying to people you want them to remember remember you no matter what it takes I, I want to remember Jimi Hendrix because he was fucking annoying but I still remember him <laughs> bad publicity is better than no publicity type of thing and mm-hmm. I think that's what his early days was about and my god Marshall would be nothing without Jimi Hendrix so now we, right. got, now we got the Strat being nothing without Jimi Hendrix and now we got Marshall being nothing without Jimi Hendrix fuck me
1: and then on top of that I mean no specific company but the, the popularity and the use of the Wawa pedal now we're getting
0: the effects, baby.
1: Yeah, I mean four
0: pedals: octave pedal, fuzz pedal, the Univibe, and the Wah Wah. So yeah. yeah, the the Wah Wah.
1: I mean, I uh, think is the dude, biggest. Come on,
0: because wah- nobody I mean, was using like, it.
1: Nobody was using it like Hendrix was. So nobody. so so I, I mean, nobody was using any of
0: these the way he was using them. So like the octave, that one creates a note one octave higher than the one that's being played. So now you're yeah. getting a more a, a, a more full sound, and that's. Mm-hmm. That's cool because it's allowing him to solo, but then also kind of play like like a more, a more high lead part on top of the solo that he's playing to give it a more dynamic sound. The fuzz pedal, I mean, these pedals apparently had a reputation for being super difficult to control sound-wise when they were not plugged into the guitar as the first part of the string. So you have four mm-hmm. pedals, right? You plug... Into one, and that that pedal plugs into another. That pedal plugs into another, and that pedal plugs into another, and then that <laughs> pedal plugs into the amp. So Hendrick would like specifically not plug the fuzz pedal directly into his guitar because they'd fuck up so much. He liked that fucked up sound, so he'd do like guitar to the octave to the fuzz, as opposed to the 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 recommended guitar to the fuzz to the whatever. Mm-hmm. So he would he would purposely do it like the opposite to get that. That shitty, like distorted, already distorted fuzz sound from the pedal. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so he's already kind of like pushing the envelope as far as this obnoxious sound goes. And then he gets the Univibe. The Univibe creates a chorus slash vibrato sound, depending on which channel you choose on the pedal itself. And this is the one that he had on stage on on Woodstock. This mm-hmm. is this is like the 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 pedal that he went back and forth on on Woodstock and all of those all those the all those really really nice like Wee! things that he played during the <laughs> Star Spangled Banner that's what you hear yeah. that's the univibe but for sure so the I, most I'm, iconic I'm, there
1: I'm very unfamiliar with the univibe I really am I, I don't know much about that one
0: So like like, like, like the chorus is just it's just as it sounds it's just like if you had 14 other guitar players yeah, playing yeah. just the highs and lows and a little bit out of tune a little bit in tune just a lot of people just playing the same notes you're playing, and the vibrato is just at, like,
3: the, the
0: yeah, vibrato, actually. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah the vibrato. Yeah. Like you whammy on really, really quick, like you shaking your hands back and forth <laughs> on the whammy bar as fast <laughs> as you possibly know. can. You're getting a vibrato sound. That's But like the, the, the univibe itself was the one that Hendrix had on stage on Woodstock, and that's where all of those iconic sounds on the Star Spangled Banner had come from was the univibe.
1: Okay, got it, got it, got
0: it. But like you're right, the most iconic thing that he has played, not the best thing that he's played, but the most iconic thing that he played was the wawa. Yeah. Was that... Without واe- a doubt. Fans, <laughs> they- <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you could fucking play anything on a wawa wah- pedal and it's gonna sound great. Like cray baby, those pedals are just they're stupid. They're stupid yeah, they fucking yeah, yeah. fun. They are it's stupid so much fun. fun yeah.
1: My the what the pedal I had the wah-wah pom- pedal I have I, have, I I haven't used it in years actually but yeah I used to have so much fun with it. But then, and then you look you look at somebody like Tom Morello and Kurt Hammett their whole careers based off of the wah pedal. Like their biggest things are the wah pedal. The wah wah pedal.
0: And the wah pedal annoying. like that that pedal was was born was born like right when Jimi Hendrix started using it. Like I think Jimi Hendrix was maybe the first person to use it. And and some of these, like like like, I think it was the Univibe, stemmed from this Leslie speaker, which, like the Leslie speaker, I don't know if you read about the Leslie speaker at all, but it was this, it was this, the speaker that that you know, like, like imagine you're you're standing, like you and me are standing face to face, and I have a speaker in my hand facing you. I'm holding it, like it's a box, and mm-hmm. I, I rotate myself. I stand in place and I rotate myself 360 degrees. The yeah. sound that it sounds like when it's facing you, and the sound that the speaker makes when I'm rotating all the way around, to where it's facing the opposite of you, and you can't really hear it, but you can kind of still hear it, and when it comes back around, right, that rotating sound, yeah, yeah, that's like that was the Leslie speaker, and so like that Leslie speaker was kind of honed and and changed a little bit to be, I think the Univibe, and that w- was what the vibrato sound eventually turned into. So it took okay. this. But, like, how cool is that to think there was a fucking a cabinet out there at some point where the speaker itself, like, rotated. This big fucking speaker <laughs> rotated within the cabinet to create this... Yeah, that's weird. This, like, helicopter sound.
1: I mean, it's, it's super it, fucking cool, but... This is
0: the fucking cool 60s. I love... This is so cool. This is amazing. There was,
1: yeah, there was so many crazy experimental things going on in this, this decade.
0: And I, 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 like, I like that Hendrix is, is, is embracing all of these effects, putting them into a guitar, and making all of it just so 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 playful but i will say that he's a product of his time if it wasn't for Hendrix, it would just be anybody else at this time he just he, he, he was just fortunate enough to be kind of open-minded to a lot of different things but that's yeah, fine that's
1: true that's true
0: but then the play style, the play style, the play style is the biggest thing about Hendrix, right? So like I, I rank these in order of, of intensity. Guitar is just one thing. And then amp then effects. Mm-hmm. but play style is the number one thing that makes Hendrix Hendrix. And that's the Hendrix chord, the yeah, Hendrix oh, yeah, chord. Yeah. And I was reading like a lot about it. And I don't know a lot about like, like, uh, uh the nuance and in music and then musical theory and stuff. But like specifically there's, there's this, this, it's just like, like augmented seventh, sharp ninth chord that he uses.
1: <laughs> it's something I've never really kind of come across.
0: And it's 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 this weird fucking thing and Met granted he's he's left handed so he like covers the sixth string what it was a sixth string if you're over there. I, I don't know, I guess it'd be the I don't know but he covers the fat string with his right thumb and mm-hmm. essentially plays like this chord that is both really pleasant, like a D chord, which is this really nice and smooth, but he adds that like that pinky on there, which I think is the ninth. And mm-hmm. then he adds that pinky on there to create this this really weird like dissonance, it's really weird, this unnerving sound to where like that chord sounds great, but I think you're off a little bit. But it's a purposeful off. He purposely puts that last pinky on there to make it sound fucking weird. And then okay. like the hammer ons and pull offs. All the shit that he's done. And he again, he didn't invent like these chords. He didn't invent the hammer ons and pull offs. But he brought him to rock. Yeah, he, he utilized brought, them He brought really him well. to fucking rock. He brought the hammer on yeah. to pull off to rock. He brought the slides to rock. So he's going up and down the neck on this, on this one chord really. And and if you watch like people on YouTube play this one, this one chord, and you can watch them, they don't even move their hand. They just they strum and they go up and down. And you're like, holy fuck, that's all Hendrix really did. But the, that hmm. the, the genius is in its simplicity. Yeah, and yeah, that's. Yeah. That's what Hendrix did, and then like the slop, the sloppiness. Yeah, being like not sloppy. not just including like like the spelling and the changing of lyrics, right? Like the Foxy versus Foxy, F O X E Y versus F O X Y, and the kiss Kisses Sky versus Kisses Guy versus everything else he said. But like just the way he played was so sloppy, was so was so childish. Like he never took anything seriously, and I love. Yeah, that. that's what it seems like. And like just that's this what I want from my rock star. Is just, uh, just have a good time, man. And I felt like Hendrix had just a great time until the day he died.
1: I, I, would agree. I would agree with you on that. Absolutely. It's such, it's such a, a tragic way he died, too. I mean, choking on his own vomit. <laughs> it's insane. It's so <laughs> sad. 27. Yeah, 27 years old. I, but the like guy m- was like, he would go, not, I wouldn't say benders, but, dude, the guy would be up for like three or four days. Straight, this is what happens when you had pretty much like zero
0: upbringing as far as like like role models or rules, and mm-hmm. you have like an unlimited supply to any kind of drugs to to women to to alcohol, and there's really no accountability, and you answer to nobody, and everybody is just thinking like you're you're a god, you can do whatever you want, and you probably have no friends, nobody you can trust. And it's tragic. It honestly is tragic. And like we're in our mid thirties now, and to think back when we were like twenty seven, had we died at twenty seven, like that is that's it's tragic. 20. That's so sad.
1: Yeah. yeah, like where we were at in life at twenty seven. Yeah, absolutely. Like how much more you can live? Like twenty seven is fucking nothing. I know, but it's, it's funny. Nothing. Like when when we when I was in high school and listening to Hendrix and finding out about you know Kurt Cobain and 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 jimmy hendrix and janice joplin the 27 club you know hearing about how they all died at 27 and me being 15 16 thinking oh dude they're so fucking old but now at 35 we're like i'm thinking fuck dude that i i still it still boggles my mind that people like kurt cobain and Jimi hendrix are 27 like they don't look like they were 27 they look like they were 45 50 years old yeah but they were young motherfuckers they were so fucking young uh it's so strange. Even Janis Joplin too. too. Jim, yeah, Morson, Jim, yeah, Jim, Worson, Jim Morrison, Jim Morrison, fucking Joplin. old too. Even even Amy Whitehouse, you know? She looked older than 27.
0: You know, else was just 27 too, right? It was Pigpen from Grateful Dead. Was he really? Yeah, he was, was the original keyboardist.
1: Oh, well, come on, it's Grateful Dead. Nobody knows anybody outside of Jerry. Jerry.
0: That's eh, probably true.
1: Do we have anything else on on his technique or things like that? I mean, we can always go down a huge rabbit hole on his technique and his influence on other guitar players. But
0: I, I I really tried to hone it down on like the four different things that made him iconic, the guitar, his amp, the effects, but overall his play style. Yeah. And, uh, if, if you look at like guitar by itself, like, yeah, there's people that can match him and then you, you combine it with the amp. Yeah. There's still people that can do what he does. Combine that with the effects, the guitar amp effects, now you're getting like into a smaller pool of people that sound like Hendrix. But then when you add like his specific play style, that, that Hendrix chord, yeah. all four of those things together is why I think Hendrix is one of the greatest.
1: I would agree. And, and the fact that he created all this for the most part. Yeah. You know, it, was, it wasn't like he was trying to copy somebody else, somebody else's style to a T like you were just explaining. Yeah, you can create what Hendrix was doing in 1969, but you didn't create it yourself. Do you got anything else on that one? On that? No,
0: that's I'm dude. I'm 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 good. I'm good to go overall.
1: Like that was. Oh, you you want to wrap it up? I mean, let's see. We got uh, how many more bees you got? I mean, I got like one. I mean, I got I got ten bees, but I oh, mean, I understand uh, we don't have to go through it all. Well, let's I get mean, through man. Let's at least get through manic depression because I know you like that one a lot. That's my four B. Yeah, that, that's my four yeah. B. Um. I mean, really, this song. This song has always kind of stuck out to me ever since I first started listening to to Hendrix. There's just something about it that I don't know. I think it's just the sloppiness of the song, and just that the wild drum loop throughout the entire thing. And um, it's just a very melancholy kind of song. Just the way it's it's the way he he vocalizes it. It's very very melancholy, and it just stands out with like his big hits. It stands outside of his big hits of. Foxy Lady, Purple Haze, Voodoo Child, all that kind of stuff, because it's the complete opposite of craziness. Not well, not craziness, but you know what? Do you, you know understand what I'm trying to say? No, I I get it. I I mean,
0: first so, so like first of all, manic depression. That that's a cool. I mean, I don't whatever. I, I know what it means. And I understand what's going on, but that's just a cool name. It just sounds cool. Yeah. It reminds me of, like the old punk band Manic Hispanic. Love it. It's cool. But like manic, <laughs> manic depression. This is it's fucking dope. It, and this intro is, is rad. It's super cool. It's very busy. And we're talking yeah, like yeah. note matching the melody with the bass guitar and the guitar. Mitch Missile is killing it here <laughs> on this track. He's the highlight for sure. He, this is the one where I think he has like this kind oh, of totally. bottom type animalistic style going on, but he's tuned into a more like jazz centric drumming body. So he's, he's like honing in two different... Like like a buddy Rich meets John Bonham coming in and just like just just slaying. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. I like Hendrix's solo. It's loud, it's aggressive in its tone and it's slow. Doesn't it need to be super quick, doesn't need to be crazy. Just need to be like, let it play out a little bit. Just chill. But this one, like the, the stereo channels again on, on Spotify. Yeah, it like,
1: pans quite a bit and it's separating really the guitar normal. from
0: the vocals is just like why do you do this? <laughs> I know watch like a they, fucking movie, dude. It's, just it's like they, they
1: took it's like they took Sergeant Pepper's and just like turned it on its fucking head, <laughs> I know, you know, yeah. like yeah. stereo but, mix wise. I thought I needed rhyme like or reason.
0: Me. Like, oh, do you remember when the Beatles did it? Let's just do
1: it. When I don't know, right now, <laughs> but right, right now.
0: <laughs> God,
1: oh, it's so annoying sometimes. But but, the, uh, but this
0: is one too where I thought that that, that Mitchell's like his Tom sounds. I, I thought mm-hmm. his Tom sounds were dope. I thought they sounded so hollow and so deep you could clearly tell those were toms apart from the snare sometimes in drum kits if, if you're not like really paying attention a tom sound can sound like a snare sound if oh, they're yeah. cracking as loud this one the tom sounds so fucking hollow it sound like there's no bottom on it it's just dropping out <laughs> from the bottom and yeah. you can, like the wood it was probably made in like the fucking 40s and it's an old drum set Love the sound of the toms on this one.
1: And it also, I mean, a lot of parts on this record, but especially this song too, it sounds like the way they mic'd it, it sounds like they just used like room mics. Like they probably didn't even really mic the toms, <laughs> yeah. the snare. Like they probably just set up like two microphones in the room and then just use that as the take. It's probably, I mean. On the same c- track? Like, yeah. Just re- reading more case. about how they recorded this record and how they quickly recorded Mitch and Knowles playing and they recorded in mono. So, that, like, it just it just seemed like it was very just haphazardly recorded.
0: Yeah, for them. And then, like, Hendrix got his, like, his, uh, if we're talking, like, any kind of, like, 8-track, I mean, Hendrix got most of it, and they got, like, the leftovers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, reading more to, like, you know, normally, like, bands in the U.S., they would record on an 8-track, so they had more, they had more room to, like, spread out the instruments. But in, where they recorded in London, they were recording to 4-tracks, and then what they were doing, to my understanding, they were, they would record mitch and noel's part and then they would they would tape that onto one tape so that jimmy could have more more area to to explore and that was annoying too i didn't like that um oh and and, you know we we didn't even mention this but we've talked so much about the stereo part of this and all that and anybody who's listened to the actual songs that we've played they've all been in mono because the way our mixers (laughs) work here on the podcast the stereo doesn't come in right So we just play everything through a mono channel And uh, so yeah So all the shit that you're hearing on the podcast yes. Won't make any sense to what we're talking about It's so not right. what we're
0: complaining about at all Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> You just gotta go listen to it on the streaming services Then you'll understand If you don't know yeah. already yeah. Uh, So I, I'm just gonna play a little bit of Manic Depression Cause you gotta You just gotta do it So here it is from, um, from Jimi Hendrix
3: in my soul I'm
1: There you go, manic depression from Jimi Hendrix. And another thing we, we we didn't really talk about much, but manic depression, this was what eventually became known as bipolar disorder, which I didn't know that. Did you know about that?
0: No, I've, I've, I've never even heard of, honestly, the only thing I've heard of manic would be like manic Hispanic, and I was surprised you knew the little goofy... <laughs> Punk rock group of manic Hispanic
1: well I mean Ephraim sings in that song in that band does he Do you know that yeah he's the singer in the band I don't know uh, if he's always been the singer but he he sings in the band yeah
0: i I just know him as like a super group of of hispanics from like the 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 punk and punk rock scene,
1: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: adolescents cool. and shit like that but yeah manic' depression i I thought it was a cool thing and 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 it makes sense because like lyrically the song i I think it's about like Hendrix dealing with people constantly calling him out for probably being an emotional dude in a time where, where, where like, I don't know, rock guys should be manly men, where Robert Plant is, is like a manly guy in The Who are, are, mm-hmm. are manly men, whereas Hendrix is kind of dressing like a feminine more so than his contemporaries. And, and it's, it's dealing with a lot of, uh, Psychological issues that that Hendrix had struggled with throughout his whole life, and Yeah, absolutely. to compare like Hendrix with Jim Morrison, whereas Jim Morrison like embraced that kind of like like what do you call that like like uh, we, we in the nineties we called it no no uh, metrosexual like like oh. in the nineties we called it the metrosexual like in Jim Morrison embraced that metrosexualness, whereas Hendrix kind of dressed it in like the tighter clothes with the with the flamboyant outers, but I think because he was he was African American, people thought like, oh, that's just that culture. So it wasn't really understood. And so I think Hendrix was just kind of like at the butt of everything. Like no one really cared about what he thought. No one really cared about who he was. Mm-hmm. They just saw him as as a as a uh, what do you call it? Like a like an image, like a like a brand.
1: Yeah. Did you see some of the the things that were like some of the headlines that were written about him when he first kind of broke on the scene? What was
0: it? Well yeah,
1: like like one of them. I, I'm just going off of memory right now, but the the one that like really stuck out to me because I was like, shit, dude, this is like r- kind of racist, but it's they they call him like the wild man of Borneo, <laughs> and I'm like yeah, dude, first me. of all, this guy's from fucking Seattle. Uh, so it's just it's just a weird headline. Like there was a lot of things coming out apparently at the, I mean at the time uh, when he broke out on the scene where people like the headlines were kind of racist like that. I don't know I don't know what I don't know where I was going with that. I just thought it was a interesting tidbit like on on society and you know civil rights. Which you know he didn't from a little from, from what I was reading too about civil, the civil rights movement. He didn't have a big part in that. Like he kind of stayed away from it, and I guess he maybe he was writing a song that was supposed to be on his fourth record that was supposed to be like um like something to help out like the the movement, but obviously he died so that never happened but do you know what I'm talking about yeah I mean th- I wish it I wrote was, it down, but I forgot
0: this was like like mid to late sixties and, and and i mean i i he was still young he was still a young mm-hmm. guy so his 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 contribution to like the civil rights movements was was as big as like Jim Morrison's was. And it was just like, I mean, it's not a lot, but I don't know, he was, he was, he was still there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he, he still, yeah. he still had, he still had a say in it. But I, 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 I think he was just like Hendrick was just all about the music, and it was all about like his music, and not in like a, a conceited way. He just wanted to play music. He just wanted to. He he just wanted to be a rock star as a kid. I don't think he ever kind of progressed mentally past the age of like maybe like sixteen or seventeen. He just didn't grow up in that, in that kind of mindset. And we see it in his, his military career where he slacked off supposedly mm-hmm. and everything that happened. I, I, I think he was just, I've said it once, but I'll say it again. He was like emotionally underdeveloped.
1: underdeveloped yep. Yeah. So
0: he just never <laughs> like progressed past a certain age. And, and all he wanted to do was just be like a rock star, but not like a rock star, like a Robert Plant rock star. He wanted to be a rock star, like a Jimmy Hendrix rock star, where just, he wanted to <laughs> fucking just play music for a lot of people. And have a good time. He didn't want to be rich or famous. He just wanted to have a good time. And he, I think he just wanted to be loved, to be honest. And the 60s was a weird time. Like, God damn. I know. It was. I, I mean, it wasn't even like until, yeah, they, like the 60s, not that long ago. And I mean, yeah, women could vote in the 60s, but like realistically, like black women were not. They were like denied voting rights until like the mid-60s. So like the 60s yeah. was not that long ago. And no, and, not at all. And, not at all. and Hendrix is is a I don't know, I I I don't think you need to be ingrained in the civil rights movement to have an impact on the civil rights movement. Whereas what I mean by that is Hendrix doesn't need to constantly reiterate the importance of it to be important in its in its, on it. in yeah, its progress. On it. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Because what he was doing was as important as. As some other people were were kind of fighting for too, because like the, the guy's headlining Woodstock. He's 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 rewriting the the pages of rock music. He's 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 making Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Young look like fucking fools. CCR, who who essentially headline I quote I'm in quotation marks, who headline Woodstock. He's making them look like fools.
1: Yeah, like Hendrix is Was closing
0: it? out Woodstock for for ten percent of who showed up. It's crazy.
1: It is. Didn't Gra- I think Graham Nash was on um, Axis right? Like he did like backing perc- or like he did percussion on a song or something. Did you read that? That that would make sense because he's he's he's, he's 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 listed a on UK the liner notes of Axis. I think I think it was. He's a UK guy. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I he is. He is on one one Hendrix record.
0: I don't know. I, I I think I think Hendrix is so much bigger than his three studio albums. And I think that's why I've hated him for so long is because of his three studio albums. And if I base him, if I judge him alone on just his three studio albums, he's not even a top 10, 15 guitars for me.
1: No. <laughs> I, I, I would tend to agree with you on that because it, his guitar playing is pretty underwhelming on the it's it's on the studios. It's not I, existent. I, I even it's, texted that to you earlier this week. I said, yeah. man, this listen through has been pretty underwhelming for me. It yeah. really was. But, okay, so do we, have it, do we want to talk about any of the rest of these songs or should we just give our final thoughts, give our rating, and then get the fuck out of here? What do you think?
0: Uh, there's only two more songs, three more songs we haven't talked about, and that's fine.
1: I mean, well, we've got Hey Joe, Lover Confusion, and then, oh, Third Stone, third, third Stone from the there's, Sun, and then yeah. Foxy Lady, which I don't even want to talk about Foxy Lady. song yeah, We already talked about it, actually. Yeah, I already highlighted it in red. I literally yeah, don't I, care. Yeah, I don't. I, I forgot to highlight that It's an okay one. song. Don't care about it. Yeah, I forgot to highlight that one. Sorry, my bad.
0: No, I'm good. That, I think that's all the uh, the important notes that I got. Yeah. Okay. Uh
1: oh, I actually I really quick. I'm not gonna play it, but Third Stone from the Sun. Can we talk about how the fucking jazzy that song is? Oh yeah. And Fantastic
0: that, bass line, dude.
1: This is my. That's my three B.
0: This is the and one then, that I heard a lot of, like the Doors in. I heard there's a lot of Doors in this song and the I, doors had just released their album you know 7 months prior and there's a lot, i i honestly i heard a lot of doors in the song
1: see i mean you're for more familiar with them than i am cuz i'm just not a doors guy at all but i mean i'll take your word for that I, but i i i don't i certainly don't hear it it's, um, it's i mean like as, as far as the
0: jazz goes like that that drum beat the subtle like jazz influence is in the cymbals the way the cymb- he mm-hmm. hit the cymbals the way those, those are are writing out a little bit that's where the jazz influence comes. I love it. It's fantastic.
1: I, I totally agree. I think it's awesome. And then there's a lot of surf surf stuff I hear on this and then you read the lyrics and then I guess like the last the last couple lines of the song is actually like an homage to Dick Dale. Who yeah. He was a huge fan of, but at the time Dick Dale was like he just beat colon cancer or something like that.
0: He just—I think he just started, like, to talk about colon cancer, and people thought Jimi Hendrix was shit talking surf music.
1: But it was the complete opposite. Yeah, the complete yeah. opposite of it. Of course, so it, it was—it was like a really cool homage to to Dick Dale and just like a, a nice shout out to him, and that's that's awesome. And then even Dick Dale, you know, he covered this song. or maybe not this song, but I know he covered some Hendrix stuff in like the eighties and nineties. So like who could like, fucking hate Dick Dale? Like, come on, I know, right? Right? Silly. And the guy went through so much shit, like we got to do Dick Dale on the pot. We've talked oh. about it for a long time, but we got to do it. It's so good. But okay. Anyway, I just wanted to touch upon third, third stone from the sun. Cause that, that is a fucking killer song too. Yeah. But fantastic. Okay. So with that, let's give our final thoughts and then we'll give our, our rating of this record, uh, f- with our, uh, from our, four, from our world famous three point rating system where three is a perfect album. Two is a good album. You're going to continue to listen to one is a bad album, but give it a shot. And zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So, what do you got, Jeff? Go. Uh, this album specifically is fine. It's it's
0: not great. It's not bad. It's 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 good. It's good to real good. There's a lot of fantastic songs on here. But if you if you've only ever heard of Hendrix's studio albums, you've never heard his like if if you're born under a fucking rock and you've never heard Woodstock even. <laughs> then this would be probably like really really cool this would be like mind blowing and and mind bending and i get it like when this came out hendrix is pushing the envelope of sound as as far as like the guitar is concerned and in mm-hmm. rock music and psychedelic rock so i understand what's happening i just i i think that it gets better i think this is not what hendrix is about hendrix uh, and even judging by just like the the not only just the album cover itself in the uk version works like the same picture just a little bit different the the track listing the 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 song names like there's a lot of little differences there that i think hendrix just thinks it's all funny like he thinks it's a fucking joke because he just <laughs> wants to play music and wants to be annoying because he was a kid like 24 when this yeah, came he out he was fucking young man he's a fucking kid
1: straight so, out of the military too <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah straight <laughs> out of the military he was already slacking off in the military yeah he's, he's a yeah. fucking kid in, 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 like the way he even this dude, the way he even got to like England is just unreal. To just playing a show and met like the girlfriend of Keith Richards and was like, "Oh, like you're yeah. pretty cool. Who are you? All oh, my boyfriend's Keith fucking Richards, <laughs> arguably <laughs> like, one of the biggest what? rock and roll
1: acts of in like in the world at that time." Come on, yeah. Oh, damn. Oh. And then we didn't even talk about why he joined the military. It was because he got <laughs> yeah. busted with with <laughs> drugs. Yes. Yeah, oh, no, he got. No, he got it busted. He was, was boosting cars. Yeah, I was boosting. Yeah, that's what it was. He was driving around stolen cars. He Dude. got busted. They said either you could do like 150 S- days in jail, or you can go to the army, and he chose the
0: Stereotypical army. Stereotypical like, Fuck. fucking like right, like straight out of, a, of of a movie in the 60s. Yeah, you either yeah. fucking go to jail or you go to the military. <laughs> Seriously, like, oh, I, I guess I guess give me a gun, I'll go to the fucking military. I adds more
1: to his lore. Good honestly. God.
0: And you, you and you're right, like 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 the Hendrix lore is is much bigger than than probably he ever Maybe. was, yeah, but I, I will say, um I, I've hated him for so fucking long, and I've just I've thought he was so overrated. And as far as studio work goes, I do think he's overrated, yes. as far as like live goes, and this was the first week that I've ever heard the full concert of the Isle of Wight. And mm-hmm. that was like a, a, a Woodstock part two, essentially. That the whole festival was was unreal and that lineup was fucking unreal. Everyone that thought that, that Woodstock wouldn't wouldn't happen or wouldn't be big and passed was at the Isle of Wight. Everyone that was at Woodstock and and was like, Holy fuck, this was great was at the Isle of Wight. Mm-hmm. It's just it just it was planned out better, it, it happened better. But but Hendrix at, at Isle of Wight is like arguably like the, one of the greatest live things I've ever heard in my life. It truly yeah, it's, is. It's
1: remarkable. It was really good.
0: And, and, and it puts, it puts <laughs> Hendrix in like the top five for me, even though I've fucking shit on him so many years of my life. But <laughs> again, studio version, meh, nah, I've heard better. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. my God. Or the the things that we've discussed, the you know the, his guitar playing, his style, his amp, his uh, his effects, and and this just play style in general, I think puts Hendrix in like the top five. I don't think he's a great songwriter. I think he writes kind of weak songs, and and his biggest songs are his weakest. The Purple Haze's, the the Foxy Ladies, <laughs> you know the the whatever the fuck, uh, Voodoo Child. I, would, I, I wouldn't I think say it's Voodoo fine. Child. Voodoo Child's still a really it's good fine. Song. There's he
1: does it twice in the same album. Oh I my know, God. Well, no, but it's different. Ugh. No, it's not the same thing. Oh yeah, there's
0: Come a on. there's a, there's a slight return. Excuse
1: me. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but the slight return is the one that's popular. But if you oh, listen to Voodoo yeah. Chili you know that's a very different song. It's like that. Plus, that song is like nine minutes long. It's a way different song. I, I get it.
0: I get it. I get it. I like. I like Hendrix. I like Hendrix. I purged half of my Hendrix. Uh, I'm gonna keep the studios. I'm gonna buy at some point the uh, the full version of Isle of Wight and get rid of my my yeah, version I really of Isle of White. I'm gonna put that on my one list. Um. Otherwise, I don't know. This was a this was a fun week, and I've come across a lot of of early pressings of of Are You Experienced, but nothing has been really clean for me to want to keep. So I, I have one in my garage right now. That's an early seventies pressing of Are You Experienced, but it's not clean enough. So I'm not gonna keep it. I'll keep my okay. Nordstrom's pressing. <laughs> 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 it just sounds better. I don't care. So, uh, it's but yeah. So so so, given all of that, this album specifically, if I'm if I'm just gonna rate it based on this album alone, I'm gonna give this like a two point. Oh. I'll do two point four. I'll do two point four. Two point
1: four. Okay. All right.
0: Yeah. And that's that I, I wanted to give it a two point two five, but I'm gonna give it a two point four because I'm on a I'm on a Hendrix high right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Two point four. All right. My final thoughts on this one. Uh, like I said, the, I was I was honestly very underwhelmed listening to these records this week. Uh, I've always I've always dug Hendrix. I've never really had anything bad to say about him. But It was also something I always just kind of put on in the background or just kind of, it was just secondary to whatever I was doing. I never really sit down to listen to Hendrix except for this week. And that's why I was underwhelmed. Until I got to the live stuff, like we talked about. The live stuff, fucking killed it. Completely different vibe, completely different style. And nothing was fussed over on those live recordings, especially the Isle of Wight, which I agree with you is... To have so far is the best thing I've heard from Jimi Hendrix, and I really want to get that record on vinyl, like the full thing, like we were talking about. So it's gonna go on my want list on Discogs, absolutely. Uh, but back to this this album. Are you experienced? This one it lacks because, like we were talking about, the stereo, the the overuse of certain st- studio, you know, techniques. It was rough, and once again, dude. It would absolutely fall apart had it not been for the rhythm section of Noel and Mitch. I mean, they yeah they were they were yeah. so important to this fucking record, to all three records, all three records, but especially this one because this would have completely fallen flat had it not been for them. They really spiced it up and and were the glue of this band. And uh, yeah, I'm just not gonna keep repeating myself. So with Do that, it. I'm gonna have to give this record a. out of 3 2.5 out of 3 I I still like this record a lot I think it's really good And I'm always gonna go back to it Always, always, always But like we were saying In the lore of Jimi Hendrix And just how people just Are just so obsessed with this guy This album is not Not up to snuff I think like
0: He deserves the obsession But I think people are obsessed For the wrong reasons
1: Mm Mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Like I, I if people were obsessed with for the right reasons, his, yeah,
0: yeah, then I would, be, I would, be, I would be okay. Like, yeah, that's fine. I would get it. That's cool.
1: But you know, you go to a fucking hot topic, you go to Spencer's and see all the oh. Hendrix stuff, you know, psychedelic stuff. It's like, dude, I'm so over this. You know, when you're when you're twelve or thirteen, yeah, it's cool because it's so different. But I don't know, it's annoying. <laughs> they really were fucking annoying. Man. They
0: were just like at that age now. Where, <laughs> These fucking idiots and their their teens really piss us off.
1: Oh, because fucking teenagers are stupid.
0: We're like we're, we're like those two old guys in the Muppets on the balcony. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh god, we really are. That that is asinine radio. We're the. What are their names? I forgot their names. I don't know, but they
0: always say, "Oh, ah. that performance
1: wasn't half bad." Nope, no, it was, it all, was bad. all bad. bad. <laughs> 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 that really is us to a T. It really is <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh that's totally us but whatever teenagers stupid we were stupid teenagers look at all the bullshit we did nah, that we're not going to talk we're not going to go into detail we're super but dope uh yeah that's all i got that's all i got for this one um i don't know you got anything else on on hendrix no oh, that's it all right good 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 so we're done thank you all for listening keep listening to all your friends you know the drill. Social media, give us five stars. And with that, that's it. That's all. Mitch Mitchell. <laughs>
2: <laughs> really, happy heard this guy.
0: It. Yeah, it's, 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 it really is. He's, he's really, really good. And I, I, I just like that he can go. F- like he can genre hump, hump, hop hump. so, <laughs> so fast. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> drop my, drop my, drop my Weezer seven just on the floor too on that one.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's stupid and cheesy, especially those first two notes. Uh, um, uh, uh. <laughs> so I, I get it, but it's not showcasing like Jimi
0: Hendrix, Mitch Missile. Mitch Missile? Mitch missile? <laughs> is he missile? Like like a like a fucking Russian missile coming out. Mitch Missile. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call him Mitch Missile. It's a lot easier than uh, Mitch Missile. Two two first names Mitch is just yeah. silly boy talk. Bob yeah, Bob Mitch Boberson referring to someone stable to help them through tough times and shit. Yeah. I think like that's his waterfall.
1: Okay. All right. I, I can um, I, I agree with you on that. I love him because he's my rock.
0: God, dude, shut up. It is kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking dumb. It's we a, forget it's... too. Like honestly, we forget like like we put Jimmy Jimmy Jemmy. <laughs> Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck's name ever has been Jemmy with an E? <laughs> maybe we're just maybe we're just like at that age now where these fucking idiots and their their teens really piss us off.
1: Well, oh, cuz fucking teenagers are stupid.
0: We're like we're, we're like those two old guys in the Muppets at the balcony. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh God, we really are. That that is asinine radio. Where the what are their names? I forgot their names. I don't know, but they
0: always say, "Oh, that performance wasn't half bad." Nope, no, it was, it all, was bad. all bad.
1: <laughs>